2: Welcome to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. It's Raiders Content Day as we're live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. JT, along with Q Myers and the great Eric Allen. Do we have the best seats in the house? Awesome.
3: There's no doubt. Unbelievable
2: setup today. Thanks for joining us for the next three and a half hours. We're going to have the GM, several of the players as the Raider players are here for content day and they're gonna be taking pictures and they're gonna be doing video hits and they're gonna be jumping in with us. and. Q, this is a big day because yep. you break down this offseason into weeks and months, and it feels like it's really getting going around here.
3: It does. And right now, it has a nice little bit of a buzz here in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And and you know OTAs have been going on. Mandatory minicamp is going on this week. And so I feel like these guys are really starting to realize that even though the season isn't really, it's about a little less than 100 days away, it just it feels like it's right around the corner. These guys are in their uniforms. It's like the first day of school. You're getting reunited with your friends again. It's all good.
2: EA, for you, this is exciting. You're always around this organization as a former great player. What was it like for you and your family? You're 100 days out, then you're yeah. 80 days out. You were always training in the off season just like these young men.
4: Yeah, it's an important time for these young guys to kind of get their game right. Uh, when you're talking about uh, having over a, a little under 100 days, you want to really work on yourself, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of your game. You want to do a lot of film review. So it's an important time for you as a player to get in your practice, but get your own time in, whatever that is. I used to shoot hoop, and I'm not gonna do (laughs) So it would really help me because it's competitive, uh, it's something that you can use all those skill sets to be able to to help you on the football field. So, you know, you have to find a way to be passionate about what you're doing. You don't want to get burned out so early, but it's really important to focus on those little things. We talk about interceptions and yeah. catching the ball and challenging yourself that way. So a lot of those individual drills you would try and do to help yourself uh, during the season.
3: How, how do the rookies kind of pace themselves at this point, right? You don't want to get too excited and too fired up, you know, and prepare yourself, but at the same time you want to be prepared.
4: Right. Being professional is about being in condition. That's the most important area that you can just focus on and concentrate on from day one, is being in condition. And that's after practice, after OTAs, getting your steps in, your gassers, or whatever it's gonna be, you have to be in condition. So when you get your opportunity, you're not tired, your talent's not hanging out your mouth, (laughs) you're able to make some plays, deep in practice when other guys are tired
2: well one big thing around this organization attendance never seems to be a problem i think it has to do with this facility as you take a look at what's behind us and what's outside at the practice fields the offices players want to be here q and you know max tells us that all the time working out here in the offseason is a privilege mark Davis stepped up i think built the best facility in all of sports right there with the star in dallas so attendance never seems to be a problem, especially under this regime, to get everyone right. here and get them to work out.
3: There's no doubt. We were out at the OTAs, we saw all the practices, and there was a full attendance, right? I mean, and again, these are voluntary, but mm-hmm. these guys are here coming to work as a privilege. Like, they're excited about the, the, like you said, the building, the weight room, the camaraderie with the guys, obviously the, the cafeteria, and just, I mean, just all of the, the facilities, and they, they reference this. I mean, the only reason I know this is because they reference yep. it in the meetings. It's like, hey, coming in here and competing and, and getting your mind right and your body right is, is a pleasure. It's, it's fun and we all know when it's fun to go to work usually you work at a a better at a better level
2: (laughs) EA there's a lot of there's a lot of off-season additions here and I'm excited about it because I think they upgraded the team in several positions now we'll wait Jimmy Garoppolo with the procedure he had I've been around him a bunch the last couple of days he's excited to be here Tyree Wilson is working through his injury and his rehab overall but if you look at who is here now That, to me, is not a massive turnover, but it's pretty big, and I like to study who was here, who remains, and who was brought in. To me, the silver and black are better on paper than the team last year. They needed to be winning six games, but I like what they've done. Let's start with the quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo, EA, assuming he comes back healthy and is ready to go.
4: I think he will, and again, someone who understands the system, that's the first checkmark, and And you spoke about this earlier, is just his presence around the guys. And in every locker room, he seems to be a well-liked player. Yeah. And that means so much from that position because at the quarterback position, automatically you're the leader of the football team. And if everyone gravitates around you and feels positive, you're better off. So in that fourth quarter drive, everyone's comfortable, kind of understands exactly what's expected of them and what's expected of you. And I think Jimmy G, wherever he's been, has been one of those great locker room guys. It's not a quarterback, I'm over here. Mm and the rest of the guys over here, I think he does an outstanding job of making sure that everyone who's on this roster is gonna feel like they're appreciating a part of this football team.
3: That never a situation where he's bigger than yeah. the rest of the yeah. guys, it's important. right? And so it's even, important. even when you're not working out and, and going through the physical stuff, just to be in the building and communicating and getting to know each other and getting that, that camaraderie.
4: And Q and JT, it's difficult to do mm-hmm. because their daily regimen they spend a ton of time in the meeting room with the coach. It's not like DB, you know, defensive tackle or whatever, where you get the film uh, and then you kind of hang out, go to the weight room. They're consistently always in meetings trying to get edges here or there, trying to make sure their steps are right, making sure the lineman understands protection and those things. So it's very difficult. It's something that the quarterbacks have to kind of, be in their aura already, that, hey, I'm going to make a point to, to go to the locker room and hang out with the DBs or hang out with yeah. the receivers.
2: When I fault his whole career, whenever he is healthy, and he's been banged up a few times, yeah. he wins. His regular season winning percentage Q and winning four playoff games, he was brought in to upgrade this team in the red zone and be yeah. more efficient, taking on a bigger burden on tougher plays, third and eight, third and 11. To get out of a play, get into a play, and be more efficient, that has to happen because Josh McDaniels is counting on that because he knows the system, as Eric said.
3: There's no doubt about it. And, and the weapons that he has, especially in the red zone, and you see a guy like the, the tight end, Michael Mayer, that they're bringing yeah. him from, from Notre Dame and how effective he was in the red zone in college. And, I mean, he, he he's a guy that will make plays happen, right? I mean, you throw him the ball and it's in his vicinity. He's going to (laughs) get his hands on the ball. I mean, that's just who he is. He's going to get his hands on the ball. I think he's going to be really effective in the red zone.
2: The other guy I want to talk about is Jacoby Myers. I think they have an impact player in the slot on the outside, who could have a monster season if Devontae is doubled, and he's always going to be doubled, and Devontae can break the double, but now to have someone who can go on the inside, could go up top, come back to the ball, I think he's going to be very important. I don't know how many receptions he's going to have, but he's got to have big ones, impactful ones that will keep the defense on the sideline.
4: Yeah, I think the impact is, is tremendous. Uh, I think all of these football players right now who are coming on this football team have a couple things in common, and one of them is versatility. You can put Jacoby inside. Outside, he's in a really good uh, competitive guy who's going to compete on those 50 50 balls, and those things are important. Understand the system, I think we all kind of start with that, mm-hmm. but it's more than that, it's about his competitive spirit on the practice field. One thing that this football team in the last year and a half has proven that they want guys to come out and practice really hard yeah. so they know exactly what they're going to get uh, on Sunday or Thursday and whenever the game's going to be. And I think Jacoby has proven that over the course of his career. We want a productive year from him because right. it is very important as your number two receiver to be able to beat that number two cornerback, to be able to, to, to take that safety who's covering you, take him to task and really – give opportunities, you know, for Devonte to be singled up.
3: You know, the thing about it is with Jacoby as well, he mentioned, and this is going back to the familiarity with Josh McDaniels' system, is he said Josh is going to give you the answers to the test. Yeah. You're right, yeah. and you just got to go out there and execute it. Yes. Just go ahead and take it. So I think that, that being able to be that familiar with Josh McDaniels and what he wants to do is going to help him in a major way too. Yeah.
2: I think Look it's fantastic what he's been able to do, and as Devonte said, possibly being undervalued where he was just in New England coming here where they can use him a little bit more. So I like this addition. I think he's Me very too. important. He's coming into the prime of his career, and he's going to be essential. I think the offense is loaded. As yeah. I said this. Agreed. We'll get into the offensive line in a bit, but when you look at the addition of Jacoby Myers, Jimmy Garoppolo, mayor a tight end mm-hmm. some of the depth at wide receiver ea the depth at wide the, receiver oh. to make this team to <laughs> yeah. make this team to be the fifth sixth wide receiver and get some reps it's like that every year i don't put too much into the sixth wide receiver because this, this is Devonte's town yeah right, he's going to get is. all the looks you got hunter renfro you got Jacoby. But, wow, on the back end of this, who's going to make the roster coming out of the preseason? I love the depth of this offense, especially on the outside.
4: Love it, love it. And one thing that we, again, go back to is – the versatility of all these players to be able to line up inside, outside. That makes your offense just that more potent when you don't know exactly where that player is going to line up on those specific plays. You can interchange the X, the Z, the W. Everyone can play the slot. We understand the route running of most of our receivers, the understanding of the offense. But I just love the competitive nature of that room, and that's going to help this football team be more consistent and better during the end, during the middle of the season,
3: how much is that uh, that that competition with the wide oh, receiver man. room? How much is that going to sharpen the defense?
4: It it will, and yeah. you will hear the chirping, and, yeah. and that's that's good stuff. Yeah, to hear that competition and guys going back and forth, just to find somebody on this football team who feels they can match up with Devontae right? <laughs> yeah, in practice, mm-hmm. you know, every day. And I right. think that's really what it's about. As as a defensive guy, mm-hmm. you know, when you're on a football team, and and I played with the you know, the great Jerry Rice and Tim Brown and. And Jerry, his practice habits were just incredible, a lot like Devontae, a lot like Hunter. You want to get that competition. At the end of practice, Jerry would call you, hey, let's take a a couple more one-on-ones. I'm like, man, practice (laughs) is over, bro. It's like, no, E, you got me on that one. I I need to run this route on you. And so he has a quarterback out there willing to throw, and that's the kind of competitive nature this football team needs going into the next season. Q,
2: you were out at OTAs. We're going to have Brian Hoyer coming up here as he's QB1 until Jimmy G's ready to go. What do you see at OTAs? With the ability that you had to see a little bit of the practices, what was your big takeaway? You
3: know, the biggest thing is everything was going faster, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I was out there a year ago as well. And and, and of course, that was when Josh McDaniels and company are brand new. So they're trying to get everybody on the same page. This time, it looked like they were going from station to station to station a lot quicker with a lot more sense of urgency. You saw guys like Max Crosby running. And every every little spot that he got to, he kicked the ball, right? He just, he just wanted to make sure he was first there. And Devontae, first in line, making yeah. sure everyone got, you know, so it's like the, the players were taking that that leadership role to another level this year. Yeah, Set I, the
4: tone. Set yeah. the tone. I look
2: at the OTAs and, you know, the limited time as they collectively bargained EA and you – didn't play that long ago, but the league has changed now. <laughs> yeah. The Thanks, league has JT. changed now. Yeah. That's a long back.
4: time ago, JT. Come on, That's now. not long,
2: not that long ago. You don't have a lot of time with them on the field.
4: You don't, you don't. And those OTAs again is to put something on film. Mm-hmm. So hopefully these young players can look at that film and then really focus on those techniques, the footwork. You know, how many steps does it take to get out of that? five, that out route that needs to be at five yards. Do I take three? Do I take five? Am I stuttering at the line of scrimmage? So it's really an opportunity to start to get the base level, right? So the coaches understand here's where we are and here's where we need to get. So afterwards, we can really value, we can really get into exactly what you need to do to try and make this football team. And, of course, the great Max Crosby has great practice habits. Mm -hmm. Everyone in that D-in room is going to have to ramp up ramp up because right. they've never I don't care where you've been in college they've never been on the football field in a practice like Max Crosby he's trying to get off first he's trying to finish first mm-hmm. and that's the kind of attitude we need
2: you know a lot of the alumni we're going to get into it a little bit later on when the alumni were out here was a really special event for a couple of days and Phil Piano pulled me aside and said I've never seen anything like Max. And I'm like, wait a second, (laughs) Phil. You played with Otis Sistrunk, Ted Hendricks. You played with the greats. And he said, just something about him, the energy that he brings. And I think Max is really important going forward as the face of the franchise on the defensive side. His practice habits is what this organization loves. Mm -hmm. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are still new you. They want to get their guys in. We all know that this roster deconstruction that happened last year as the season was in progress was to get to this year's training camp with more of their guys who are going to follow their system a little bit better, and Max fits that.
3: He does, to a T. And you mentioned the alumni, and I had an opportunity last week to talk with Matt Millen, the great Matt yeah. Millen. And he <laughs> let me know that you know guys like Max Crosby, guys like uh, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, they find ways to keep pushing themselves and keep getting better. And, and okay, this I, I'm not supposed to be here. He told me a great story about Howie Long, and he kept, he says – even to this day, I'll see him, Q, and I'll say, Howie, you're not that good. You're not that good. <laughs> just to keep fueling them and keep firing up. And, and he said, that's what the greats do. He said, that's what I see when I see Max Crosby as a guy who, hey, I'm still a fourth-round pick. Yeah. I'm, I'm supposed yeah. to. My, my number one goal when I get here is supposed to just get a little bit bigger. Right? And maybe you'll have an opportunity. Instead, he's, he's taking, taking this team over.
2: EA, I've been wanting to ask you this. With Tyree Wilson, as he's coming along and is going to be ready, number seventh pick overall, Chandler Jones all of a sudden is a very unique player. Yeah. Because he'll play on the outside, He can kind of jump inside from time to time, but he'll be rested more. He started slow last year, period. Mm -hmm, And he finished strong. I thought he finished strong in the last six games. What are your expectations with Chandler Jones now that there's a new young stud coming in in the first round and Max is always making everyone work?
4: Yeah, I think what we're looking at here is an opportunity for Chandler to really teach this young player because they're both really long, right? When you look at these defensive ends we have, everyone is long. So they fit this mm-hmm. mold where you know, you're know you going to be able to stretch their arms out and be able to stretch the football field. He's going to have to find a way to learn from Chandler, as Chandler is trying to be more consistent throughout the year. Yes, he finished off well, but he didn't start well. And I think uh, that really gnawed at Chandler all season long. Right. He knows what kind of football player he is and what he can be. And now he has a young player behind him who's going to have opportunities to get in on those pass rushing situations and really earn his spot. And I think that's the one thing that continues to come out of this office, this building, is you got to earn your spot. you got to find a way to get yourself on the football field.
2: When we come back on Raiders Roundtable, the GM is here. Dave Ziegler is going to join us as we're live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. What a special day, content day, as we continue. Thanks for joining us on Raiders Roundtable. Roundtable presented by America First Credit Union, JTQ, and Eric Allen, and we bring in the GM of the Silver and Black, Dave Ziegler. Thanks for joining us and providing content on content day. How no are you?
0: I'm doing outstanding and I'm glad I can contribute.
2: You are contributing. Appreciate you very much. Let's talk about what's changed since the draft. We recapped it with you on Raider Nation Radio and now OTAs. What are you most excited, most excited about?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm excited about the energy that we have with this team. I think, you know, when we talk about um, what it means to be a Raider and, and what we're trying to build here, we're trying to uh, you know, and in, in, in put as many players on the roster that have a high football intelligence, um, that are able to operate in critical situations, understand, um, understand uh, their role within the team, guys that are physically and mentally tough um and guys that have a passion for football and love the process and i think that's what i'm really excited about this team we have a lot of guys that love the process we have a lot of guys that are pulling in the same direction um we're getting tremendous leadership out of you know some of our um you know some of the guys that we expect and i'm excited about our young guys that we drafted we're getting you know we're seeing a lot of strides that they've made in in a short amount of time from their conditioning to their physical appearance and and then just their their performance on the field here um during otas which you can only take so much you know from that but um it's been good. I feel like um, we have a, a um, we're in a different spot than we were a year ago. Um, partly because there's a lot of guys that are in year two in the system, not just the players, but the coaches too, um, and have an understanding of what, what the expectations are. Um, the players have an understanding of what the expectations are, and our coaches have an understanding of how to get the most out of these individual players. And so um, really excited about the energy, the work ethic, and, and where we're going right now.
3: You know, that's what I, w- I was talking about, the OTAs, and it looked like everything was going faster than it yeah. was a year ago. And you mentioned having that second year. How important is it to have those alpha dogs like a Devontae and Max leading the charge in OTAs.
0: Yeah, it's really important. And they'll both tell you too. And and they've told me there's a level of anxiety or stress that they don't have this year when it comes to learning what am I supposed to be doing right yeah you know and so you know how that goes there's that thinking process of what am I supposed to be doing I'm also trying to lead I'm also trying to do this and that now those two guys you know in particular have come in they know exactly what their role is they know the the offensive scheme the defensive scheme and now they're just really um focused on getting better individually but also pulling guys with them yeah and uh they've both done a tremendous job and and, you know Max is um he's been out here just working out behind us a second ago so yeah Yeah, so um, he's leading the charge, and yeah, we're really excited about the leadership we have on this team right now. I'll tell you, what is, what's that ideal young player for this Raiders
4: team look like? I mean, his, his versatility, his yeah. competitiveness, what does that ideal young player look like?
0: Yeah, I think, um, I, you know, I'd regurgitate a little bit of what I said before, but I think one thing, too, is, you know, we're looking to add guys that have some sort of ability to um, a level of explosiveness and or a, le- a level of disruptiveness in their game. And so that's something that we're looking for. And it comes in different packages. Right. It could be a corner that has great length at the line of scrimmage and can disrupt and press man. Yeah. You know, it can be a guy that can disrupt in the kicking game or, uh, or disrupt as an offensive player. And so, you know, we're looking for that. Um, Versatility is important. The more that you can do, um, you know, when you you pigeonhole yourself, and you're going to have some guys that are one position players yeah. on your roster. But the more guys that aren't.
4: They have to be good, too. If yeah, that one, they, if have that to, one. they have to be good. And
0: so I'd say that level of explosiveness, disruptiveness, a level of versatility. And like, like I said, you know, the, the cultural fabric for what when we talk about being a Raider, it's that smart, tough, physical, you know, mentally tough physical player with a level of explosiveness and a level of disruptiveness and that's what we're going to preach and And, and I think we've done a good job of adding those types of players this offseason but that's what we looked for in the guys that we drafted and, and we're really excited about this draft class their level of maturity and how they've come in as pros from day one Um, They have a ways to go, but they're off to a good start.
2: Well, great segue to the defensive line with Tyree, 7th overall, with Chandler Jones. We just spent some time talking about his expectations and Max, the alpha dog. I'm fascinated by what you have inside these Mm -hmm. defensive tackles, how they develop from last year, the ones who were here, to who you brought in this year. Seems like it's going to be a strength of this team.
0: Yeah, we've definitely um, improved the competition and we've gotten a lot younger there too. Um, between Neil, Neil Farrell and Matt Butler last year, we um, drafted Nestra Silvera in the seventh round. Um, interior drafted Byron Young in the third round. So it's a much different room, uh, the composition of the room from when we got there to where we're at now. And um, we're excited about that group. Neil and Matt have, have done, um, they've made a lot of changes physically. From from their rookie year and their their strength, their their body comp and things of that nature, they're playing faster. Um, again, they don't have the pads on yet, so we'll mm-hmm. see. You know what it what it really looks like once we get to training camp. But they've done and improved in areas that they could control yeah. in the off season. and so that's exciting to see. And um, John Jenkins, we added a veteran guy there. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's there's going to be some competition yeah. inside.
3: You know, before the draft, you told us about production versus projections, and it looks like all the guys that you drafted all have college production as yeah. well and they project to continue to grow, but the production. How important was it to get that production under their belt early?
0: Yeah, I think it's important, and it's, it's um, one, I think for us, it gives us more confidence when you see a guy that has been able to produce and produce with consistency at the college level. It gives mm-hmm. you, you know, uh, uh, I guess – you know, some confidence in their ability to to do that in the NFL. Obviously, you still want some room to grow, too. Um, so that's important. I think it gives them confidence, too, you know, that they've been productive within, you know, within their league and, and, and versus the competition that they face, that they can come in and compete at the NFL level. And so um, they all have room to grow. They all mm-hmm. have room to improve. But to have that resume of, of solid college production, it's something that, you know, gives us some confidence.
4: I really liked Brandon a couple years ago when he was on our team face-on. What did you see in him to bring him back?
0: Yeah, well, we loved him. When we came in and we got to know him for the brief time that we did um, before he left in free agency, Um, we knew that he fit some of the things that we've talked about. We knew he had a a high passion for football. He loves the process of preparing for the game, which is really important. Um, He has great length. He can be disruptive at the line of scrimmage. Um, He can be a physical player, and he's a smart player. And so we liked all those attributes. Um, You know, he has a... Um, uh, the ability because of his size and length to be a disruptive guy at the line of scrimmage.
2: Yeah, so we take a look at him now and his production and what you expect to see. Dave, let's stay in the secondary. A lot of competition, faster players who can close in on the ball via the draft and who you're bringing back. So I'm interested in that. When you decide to keep a player because he fits your scheme and then you bring in someone to compete with that player via the draft, and free agency. Let's talk about the secondary from the safeties to the corners.
0: Yeah. Well, we brought in Marcus Epps, um, and, and I would say he's been as advertised for us. Um, tremendous leader, tremendous football intelligence. Uh, you need to have a guy on the back end to get everybody else right and and to make sure that the communication from the sec- third level to the linebackers, the defensive line is fluid. He's done a good job of that in the spring. You see an instinctive player that can read um, read pattern concepts and go get, make plays on the ball so that's been exciting um, i think he's helped trayvon in his development mm-hmm. um in terms of just continuing to grow in, in terms of preparation and, and understanding what offenses are doing schematically based on formation and personnel and things of that nature and so i'm really excited about hi- um, about those two guys isaiah palomalo's back and, and another year of development for him mm-hmm. so we're excited about him along with roderick teamer um, and then we signed jaquan johnson also um, this offseason. and so um, you know, and, and he's a guy that comes from a program with the Buffalo Bills. You know, that's a good program. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows how to prepare. He knows how to practice hard. He knows how to work. So excited about him. And then obviously Chris, you know, Oof. Chris Smith we drafted, you know, from Georgia. And Chris mm-hmm. is, you know, similar to Marcus is another guy that relies on his instincts and football intelligence to make plays. And these guys have gotten their hands on some footballs here this spring. <laughs> um, so, yeah. you know, yeah. we're, we're excited to see that.
2: All right, let's move to the linebackers, and we're going to segue also into the alumni coming up here. Great story. I'm with Phil Villapiano. Spillane's there. He's 41. Phil comes up to me. You know, JT, this is my guy. He's got my number. And he looked at Phil. He knew who he was. He got the whole thing. He talked about his grandfather who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers and how – he wants to be an impact player here. You mentioned Epps, now let's talk about the linebackers led by that production that he brings from Pittsburgh and what yeah. you expect from that whole unit.
0: Yeah, we're excited about him and Divine. You know, pairing yeah. together. Um, Robert is another self-made um, guy, chip on your shoulder, loves the process, loves to work, loves to get in the weight room, um, loves to put in extra time in the film room. And again, that's what we wanted to, to continue to improve the fabric of this team. We're building a foundation here. And so we're trying to build a foundation of guys that have can can be great examples to the younger players and um, how they prepare and perform. So, you know, we added Robert, um, who's a guy that was able to wear the green dot in Pittsburgh, make the calls, lead the defense, get people lined up, problem solve. He's a physical downhill player um, and probably a little bit more athletic than than even what we anticipated um, since we've got him. His speed and quickness is is a little bit better than what we thought. Um, it's hard, you know, you don't see it until you, cause sometimes you get him right in the grass in front of you. Yeah. Um, so he's done an, a, a good job. Divine continues to develop. Luke Masterson's made a big jump. Yeah, I like Luke. Yeah, yeah. I really yeah. did, the time yeah, he you know, had he, last year. You know, a guy that played safety um, in college, he played linebacker too, but it wasn't, you know, he didn't start off right. as a linebacker. So he was still developing and growing. So he's done a good job. And then, you know, we brought Curtis Bolton back who made an impact for us in the kicking game. Um, and we have a couple other young players there that we signed in, in free agency. And so, um, yeah, there's going to and We drafted Zach Bernie in the sixth round from Florida. And, you know, he's shown some of the athletic traits that we saw in Florida out here on the field here. So have some young guys there. You know, some yeah. guys that still have some things to prove. Um, and so we're excited about that competition there.
3: Patrick Graham last week said that uh, Divine Diablo has got a little bit more size on him this year. They call him Big Swole. Yeah. Said, yeah. Everybody <laughs> had their homeboy named Big Swole. How excited <laughs> is it just to see that development, just in the size of the, the yeah, we're look. excited
0: about the physical development that he's went through. You know, the biggest thing do, with Devine has been staying healthy, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's something that he's going to have to show from a durability standpoint that he can do that. And I think he prepared his body physically mm-hmm. um, playing the linebacker position. Another guy going from safety to linebacker, right. and there's still yeah. some development there. And so, yeah, we're excited about how he's shown up and what he's done to his body here for the upcoming season.
2: Before we get to the offense, Dave, one more on the defense. When you look at Russell Wilson and Herbert, and especially Mahomes. You look at this team and the coaches that they have. When you put your scheme together, your board together for the draft, is it best player all the time is going to grow with us, or do you do... Think of matchups from time to time in this AFC West, yeah. which is the toughest division in football.
0: Yeah, we definitely focus on you know those other teams in the AFC West. We have got to sure. play them both two times a year, and so a lot of our conversations where we talk about you know structuring the defense and structuring the offense, and, and probably more of a focus on defense right now of what we have to defend and and what we have to to do to be successful to defend those groups. And so we have a, all those quarterbacks you mentioned can all move; they can all create. <laughs> right. Um, in their own way, and so we have to be able to to disrupt those guys. We have to be able to not just sack quarterbacks, but move them off the spot, cre- create issues with timing. And so, um, yeah – Tyree Wilson is a guy that we can hope, you know, can do that. Uh, Marcus Epps, you know, on the back end, because you have to have somebody that you have to be right in coverage when you're facing these quarterbacks. And so a lot of almost every move that we make, there's a conversation where we're talking about adding a player is how do they impact the team, but how do they impact – how are they going to impact the game versus the opponents that we play here in the AFC West? Yeah,
4: How important is it to find someone who can consistently wear that green dot? Last year it bounced around a little bit. That's one question. (laughs) And the other question I have, and uh, me and Q were talking about, how can we get some more interceptions? How can we get some more picks around here? Yeah.
0: Well, I I think with the green dot question, it's it's really important. Probably a very underrated part, you know, from as a fan looking in, you're not really focused on the green dot guy. You know (laughs) what I mean? Um, But they're problem solvers and to have a consistent voice and someone that can one, have the voice to communicate, have the intelligence com- to communicate, but then can also handle their job. Yes. That's where the dichotomy, where that's where it gets difficult at, you know, can you handle your responsibilities, but then also make sure the other 10 guys know their responsibilities. And so, um, you know, we feel we have two guys with Robert and Divine that can do it. Uh, but, you know, again, Robert part of the reason we brought Robert in was, was his ability and his experience doing that in Pittsburgh. So it's, it's really important, and the consistency is really important. On the second question, um, in terms of getting your hands on more footballs, I think it's all three levels of the defense contribute to that, and and we're trying to create a more disruptive front. Uh, and, and being able to create more pressure on the quarterback to make quarterbacks have to get to the ball get the ball off the off the spot early um, and and disrupt some timing and you, you know as a defensive back that creates some opportunities for DBs um, and then also just some of the guys that we've you know tried to add whether it's been Marcus Epps, whether it's face on Jacory and Bennett yeah um, Chris Smith right you have to find guys that have a knack for it and they either have a knack for it uh, as a combination of speed and athleticism mm-hmm. and and instincts or some guys may have it maybe they're a little less um, athletically inclined but their instincts and awareness allow them to to make plays on the football but that's a huge focus for us as we're building this defense and continuing to build this out over the next couple of years is there's going to be a focus on guys that can make plays on the football and guys that can disrupt the spot of the quarterback position where and the quarterback's you, at
3: you mentioned with chris smith that you thought he was kind of like a young deron Harmon, and yes. deron Harmon had that just nowhere to be when he's supposed to be there
0: that's right and um, and he did it in a lot of big games, yeah. too, yeah. for us in, in, when we were in, in New England. And he did it in Atlanta. He, yeah. And he did it here last year that's with the right. Raiders. Yep. And so, um, you know, that's high praise because you know has had um, a tremendous career. And he's done it in big spots. And, you know, if Chris can do that, then Chris going to have a, a really impressive <laughs> football career. But Dave,
2: let's move to the offense. You have two veteran quarterbacks here who know the system well and super explosive players. We mentioned Hunter and Jacoby and what could be done on the outside. With Devontae, what should we expect this year in year two in the system in regards to being more aggressive, downfield, more explosive with these players? I think when you go four wide with the leading rusher in the league who can run the ball at that high level, it's going to be very entertaining for these fans.
0: Yeah, we're really excited about the offensive skill group that we yeah. have. And again, <laughs> it's on paper right now, but when you talk about – um, what I'm most, what I see is is a lot of guys that can win on critical situations, and mainly we're talking about third down, and we're talking about in the red zone. But when you talk about Devontae, obviously can do it. Um, Jacoby Myers is a proven commodity that can do it. Hunter can do it. Um, we feel like Mike Mayer, that's going to be part of his skill set and his strength. Uh, Hooper's done it, you know, at the NFL level. And then you add some, you know, some interesting pieces like DeAndre Carter, who can fly. Philip Dorsett, who can Man. fly. Yeah. Um, Trey Tucker, who can fly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got a theme going I here. I got a theme going yeah. here. <laughs> um, DJ Turner is an explosive player. Yeah. And so – we have a, a, a an interesting combination of guys that are these third down, red zone, productive players, and then we have another element of explosiveness and yeah. speed yeah. Um, with another group of players, and so and, and that's not to mention the tight ends too, and so um, and then the running back, um, and so yeah, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of guys on the team as they continue to develop, and if they reach their potential. That if you're a defensive coordinator, um, you know you're going to be you're going to be up late, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out how right. we're going to how we're going to stop all these guys. How, yeah.
3: how big is it that Michael Mayer not only could be that threat in the red zone, obviously he can catch the ball really well, but he's also a really good blocker, and that's yeah, going to help the run game gosh. out in a major way too.
0: Yeah, you want to you know having a tight end that you feel confident that you can run the ball behind it just it, it creates a balance um, in your run game that a lot of teams don't have. A lot of teams scheme their runs to run away from the tight ends nowadays mm-hmm. um, because they're they're not really blockers and. So so he has some room to grow in that area, sure. um, but he has the willingness to do it and he has the size and the toughness to do it. Um, and so that's a great place to start. And, and yeah, it just it provides another element to the run game when you have a guy that you can run behind at that position. Yeah.
4: Where we are in our division, does that does that kind of set the standard in the bar as far as particularly the receiver room, having the the big physical route running receiver, and then having the speed guy. We see different aspects of that each and every game for us. You think you'll see that?
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, as we look, as, you know, Josh is, you know, does him and his offensive staff do a tremendous job of figuring out how are we going to. You know what's what's the weak link, mm-hmm. and and yeah. you know from a personnel standpoint, right. and then what are some of the schematic issues um, that that our system can um, can cause some of these other teams in our division? And I think with this group that we have, you know, we have a lot of guys that, um, like I said, are going to cause issues for defenses um, and and you know give us an explosive edge week yeah. in and week out.
2: The offensive line, what type of chip do they have on their shoulder? I remember last year talking to you as you mentioned you didn't have a lot of time. Yeah. From your new scouting department, the people you brought in, and you're going with six or seven guys into the preseason in a rotation. Now you have the leading rusher because of that offensive line. Yeah. So what's their what's their mindset now after doing that and not getting a lot of respect around the league for being an elite offensive line? you got Colton and a couple of good players there. But what do you expect from them as you make it a little bit more demanding this year and even be better?
0: Yeah, we're. I know that group's really excited, and they're really excited because is, is if you've played football or you've been around football, continuity on the offensive line is really important to that group. Uh, the ability to communicate with each other, the ability to know the strengths and weaknesses of each individual player, and we're bringing back basically a group you know that that played together last year and a group again that's improved because they know the system. Um, so Colton, you know, one of the best left tackles in the league. And we have a lot of competition at tackle, mm-hmm. with Brandon Parker, Justin Huron, Thayer, uh, Jermaine. Uh, we brought in Dalton Wagner um, after the draft. So there's going to be a lot of, um, lot of competition at that tackle position. Um, And there's, you know, a lot of competition inside. Um, Moody's been a guy that's really, um, you know, made some strides this offseason, who we signed from Denver last year, Mm -hmm. just physically and from a conditioning standpoint. Obviously, um, you know, Alex is back. We added Justin Murray, who's a veteran. Um, We we added, um, I don't know if he's... um, I don't know if he's uh, on there, but Greg Van Roten, um, yeah. who he signed, is, is another guy that's had a lot of experience in the league, started a lot of games, and so we're excited about the continuity of that group. That group's excited about the continuity of that, of that group, and they do play with the chip. They were a group that helped produce the leading rusher in the league, <laughs> yeah. but anytime they turn on, you know, a social media or something like that, they stink, and so we're <laughs> fine with that. You know, everybody can think that, you know, we stink as a, as a team and that we stink individually as a position. We'll continue to use that as fuel, and we'll Continue to use that as motivation to um, you know to go to the places that we know we're going to go here as we're working through this process.
3: What did you see in Wagner and Curtis? Because you signed those guys immediately yeah. after the draft, and there are some guys that they were actually surprised that they didn't get drafted.
0: Yeah. yeah, a lot of competition for those two players, um, and so we had to do a lot of work from just a recruiting standpoint um, as a, after the draft finished to, to to explain and help them understand why this opportunity was going to be a great opportunity for them. But Dalton is a big, long kid. It played obviously in the SEC. 34-inch arms, a lot of power, a lot of strength. Um, you know, we're going to improve some areas, uh, you know, some areas of uh, other areas of his game in terms of some agility stuff and foot quickness stuff that he's already improving in. But if you watched him against Alabama, um, you know, and going against Will Anderson um, – he did a pretty good job yeah. and and so again when you can see those guys going against the top players it's it's exciting and then um with our guy from tennessee chattanooga yeah uh, another big long yeah. strong kid i mean his strength in the weight room he's nfl strong now mm-hmm. now it's t- now it's it's honing the technique and mm-hmm. so you see a big long raw kid um that has some air some room to grow but he has the base strength and the size and the length um, to stack it on top of each other. And he's a great kid that wants to win and wants to work. And so he has the traits to, to, to reach his potential. It's going to be up to him and up to us you know, to develop it.
4: Yeah, I love the versatility last year of Dylan Parham. I yep. think he did a really great job of swinging from guard to wherever you guys yep. wanted him. Is that one of the things offensive line-wise that you guys are looking at in free agency and uh, through the draft?
0: Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. You know, because like you said, the one position offensive lineman, like you have to be really good if you're going to be just a one position guy on the offensive line. There's – they're, from just a nutrition an standpoint and the injury standpoint, right. you know, having guys that can shuffle in and play multiple spots and do it at a high level, it gives everybody else in the in the group confidence. Yeah. You know, when they see a guy, yeah, well, I've worked with you at center, I've seen you play guard. You know, and in the coaching staff confidence too. And so, yeah, from an offensive line standpoint. Two position players is going to be always something that we focus on and always something that we value.
2: Dave, last one on football. I want to go to special teams. The philosophy that you brought in from the past and the success you've had with other coaches now, they're kind of taking a little bit of a way with the fair catch. We talked about it on radio extensively about that. Mm -hmm. you got two of the best. A.J. Cole is a punter. And Carlson's amazing. So the strength of this team, when you have to cut players back, but you're going to leave someone on the roster because they're an elite special yep. teams player. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, a lot of value. Um, something that I was taught a long time ago is is the impact of the kicking game. Now the rules are maybe you know trying to reduce some of that, but you know when you look at your punt team in general and just the punt. Right, the punt is one of the longest plays from a field position standpoint in the game. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about 48, 50 yards, you know, uh, of um, field position that can essentially change. And so, having guys that can be disruptive in the kicking game, that can go down and flip field position, make tackles, um, create turnovers, whatever it may be. But it's a huge part of the game that people don't, you know, a lot of people don't focus on. But just the field position aspect, being able to pin people inside the 20 on a kickoff, being able to, with our punter, you know, in his. Ability ability to uh, punt it directionally and pin guys inside the 10. But us being able to get down and and hold guys inside the 15, inside the 10, um, and, and do those types of things is something that we value a lot. So with each position group on our team, other than the offense and the defensive line, there's guys that are on our team specifically for their ability to contribute in the kicking game. That's why we signed them in free agency. That's why we signed them in the draft or whatever it may be. And so something that we're always going to value um, and 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 hold um, in high regard here um, with the Las Vegas Raiders.
3: When you look at Trey Tucker, we always talk about his speed because he has it. Like you said, yeah. he flies, right? But he's also a guy that's willing to go down and tackle and a really good gunner. How important is that for the special teams unit?
0: Yeah, it's huge. Um, and Those guys that can put pressure on the actual punt returner mm-hmm. um, to, one, Either stop them, like you said, to make a quick tackle, or create turnovers. It's another way to contribute on Sundays. The more opportunities, or the more opportunities you give yourself to do that by your versatility, you just increase your value on the team.
2: Let's wrap it up. I want to, if you could take our fans behind the scenes when the owner and your, our head coach and you got together with this alumni opportunity. Yeah. What, what was the process like? knowing these gold jackets are coming in other legendary players i saw the look on your face at the m and out here on the b-roll how important is that because that's the past here this is the new yeah. but bridging these great players
0: it's 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 yeah, you know, hugely important um you know, growing up 25 minutes from the Football Hall of Fame, where I grew up, I've always had a great pre- appreciation for the NFL greats. The Raiders have more than almost anybody in the league. Um, our team room here, when you go into our team room here, all the all the Raider greats' pictures are all across the walls. We want our guys to understand who laid the foundation. And what what they stood for and, and and what they valued. And it's really, when once we got to know these guys and we've had them here, it's not that much different than what we're talking about. Yeah. These Raiders teams that won a lot of games, they loved the process. Mm-hmm. They worked at practice. They spent time after practice. I know they had the reputation they liked to have some fun yeah. off yeah. the field too, <laughs> which they did. But what they talked about is all those guys, the best players on those teams, practice ended, they were out there another 30 minutes, another hour, whatever it took, and then they brought young guys with them. And so it was, we're talking about being smart football players, being tough and physical, you know, an intimidating style of play, um, being explosive, being disruptive. It's a lot of the things that, that, that allow these guys to be successful, but it was overwhelming to have them here. You know, I had a moment to spend, you know, spend time with them and, um, you know, uh, got a little emotional because, you know, I'm, I'm. I never thought I'd be in the position of talking in, in front of, you know, eight to ten, special you know, gold jacket guys, <laughs> you know, Hall of Famers. And I told my wife about it. She said, well, you didn't even get emotional when the kids were born. I said, there weren't ten Hall of Famers <laughs> in, the, in the room. No, um, your your <laughs> expectations <laughs> weren't that high yet. Yeah, yeah. so it was a really, really special thing, um, a great message from all the guys that were here to our guys here to understand Um, what legacy and what the expectations are when you put on um, this Raiders uniform and you step into this facility, um, expectations are high, and, and these guys are the ones that set the bar. Yes, this, is,
4: this is a unique situation it here, is. unlike any other place in the National Football League. Because once you're ready, you really are. And we do an outstanding job to continue to invite the alumni back. And we really appreciate you guys continuing
0: that trend. Yeah, well, it's really important for us. We love them. We tell them this is their home. You know, they're welcome nice. anytime. Um, Greg Townsend was out there coaching up the defensive ends. <laughs> of course and, he was. <laughs> you know, getting those guys ready. But it was, again, uh, we value um, their wisdom. We value what they've done, um, you know, for us to have this. We don't have this if it wasn't for the, the greats that were here in the past. And so i um, just, you know, very fortunate. Well,
3: speaking of emotions, I want to take you back to draft day. And uh, Peter King was on Raider Nation Radio 920 with us, and was talking about the fact that you walked by the big picture of Al Davis and just kind of gave him a pat and just, you know, just got a little yeah. little, little fired up to, to have that opportunity to go into the draft room knowing the the great – al davis who led this organization
0: yeah there's not a day really i mean it's probably if we're here for seven days out of the week at least five of them i give him an imaginary fist bump when i walk by the um (laughs) walk by his picture down down the hall and just to see when i see the image of of al davis uh, it just means a lot to me because i know what he meant to the nfl Mm -hmm. Um, and i know what he means to the raiders obviously too and um you know i feel that I want to do – I feel that pressure in a good way. I want to do – I want to be successful for the Davis family. I want to make Al Davis proud, and, and, and Josh feels the same way. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's a special thing just to know that I'm walking in the footsteps of one of the greats.
2: Thanks for the extended time, Dave. Really yep, appreciate you. Appreciate it. you. When we come back, we'll have a few players that are going to join us as we continue from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is Raiders Roundtable. Welcome back to Raiders Roundtable presented by America First Credit Union. We're inside the facility. Thanks again to Dave Ziegler. That was fantastic. Q Myers, Eric Allen, JT. Thanks to everybody who's watching on YouTube, all of our platforms, Raider Nation Radio today. It's going to be outstanding. All the guests today, media day. You see the lights, EA, popping behind. They got the Star Wars wands. Everyone gets out. It's fun. You know, have a good time here. And it's kind of like school picture day for a lot of these players. It really
4: is. You get your swag on and uh, feeling good. The lights, the cameras, everyone's attention is on the positive things. But back to Dave. Dave is awesome. Mm -hmm. Man does a really outstanding job, understands where this franchise is, where he wants to go, so really appreciate him.
2: That's a really important point, Q, as I go back to you. The fans who are watching and listening today, you got to have a lot of trust in this GM. He's yeah. so thorough. Yeah. And he's more of a modern-day GM with mm-hmm. the way he wants these hybrid players who can do multiple things. He continues to talk about explosive, right. smarter players. And I think in the draft, that's what he did. Maybe Raider fans are saying, why didn't we get this player here? Well. He had the player that he wanted to fit this system to win, not to develop them too, but to have them have an impact early.
3: Yeah, really. And, And the thing that he kept reiterating to us the whole time, throughout the whole process was, you know, production, production, production as well as projections, right? You want the guy who projects to be this next guy on the next level, but at the same time has already done it in college. And that was something when me and EA were talking about, you know, getting their hands on the ball. Guys like Jacorian Bennett has had five interceptions in two years, 27 pass breakups, right? Chris Smith on the back end, six interceptions at Georgia, obviously a national champion. So those guys have been there, done that. Yeah, they
4: have. And these kind of football players who are versatile, who can do more than one thing that's really important for this football team and where we play. We play in a division that they're going to have maybe the best quarterback to ever play football. We have to go against him twice, uh, twice a year. We have uh, the Chargers. We have a Denver Broncos football team that's going to look totally different from the last couple Mm -hmm. times. And we've dusted those guys the last couple times. So very competitive. We need some football players who are smart, able to uh, uh, really be uh, uh, versatile enough to, to play inside, outside and get it done.
2: I was skeptical of Aiden O'Connell, not as a player, but where he was taken, right. because I was, let's go defense the whole way. Mm-hmm. You know, In the fourth round, there's got to be a good defensive player that can plug and play. I kind of got, as they're getting ready to get Jimmy G back eventually here and with Hoyer, that maybe Q, they had to get a quarterback. And right. they weren't going to get a quarterback in those you know Richardson, Will Levis. They were passing on those players because mm-hmm. they would have had to go up. So this has got to be a value play. He's got to turn out to be better than a fourth-round pick and someone who can learn this system quickly.
3: Right, and the thing about him is that he's a guy that's that's been through some stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, let's just put it like that. I mean, a walk-on there at Purdue, a guy that's gone through adversity, was, what, ninth on the depth chart at one point, worked his way in. And, you know, being out at OTAs last week, seeing him throw the ball, and, look, I don't want to overreact to it because, again, they're in shorts and, and T-shirts, but – the guy can sling the rock, right? Sure. He's big, tall, stand in the pocket and get rid of him. One of the things that they say about him all the time is he gets rid of it so quickly and accurately. So that's a, that's a great start for a quarterback, obviously.
4: Listen, the first couple things we're talking about here is him overcoming some adversity. Right. All of these football players who are young on this football team almost have gone through that process. Mm-hmm. They understand and know that it's not going to be easy. They're going to have to work for it, compete. That's what this roster is being made up right. of. And these quarterbacks... Uh, Some of these guys, you know, they're not the five stars. Mm -hmm. They're not six foot five. They're all guys who are versatile, who are mobile. Uh, The one thing, though, got to be accurate. Got to be accurate to be able to put on a uniform in the National Football League and help teams win football games. That's the one aspect that with all the other things, and all all the other things are great. I mean, you can have overcome adversity you can look great in your uniform but if you're not accurate (laughs) you're not winning football games in the national football league and hopefully all of these quarterbacks on our roster right now that's the one key thing that's very positive
2: i want to stay on o'connell because what jumped out at me was they didn't go out and get a over-athletic quarterback, Mm -hmm. a running quarterback, okay? Because the system of Josh McDaniels is not a sprinting, outside-the-pocket, Lamar Jackson-type player. And they took a guy that if he had to come in, if he had to break the glass and let him play early, he can get the ball out right the ball is going to come out he's going to come out quickly to the right guy if he learns the system quickly yeah i'll start with you when you have a quarterback who's on paper to be the third string quarterback yeah. how quickly do you get him up to speed what do you got to do here because brian hoyer who we're going to talk to in a few minutes he's a heck of a backup quarterback Yes, yeah,
4: he is yeah and he, that second guy or the third guy he has to be ready to go with less reps so you're not going to get a ton of reps mm, in point. practice. So you're going to have to be a guy who's really in the film room, understanding strengths and weaknesses of yourself. But, again, you have to find ways to get that work. So when you're going against the first-team defense or the second-team defense, you have to put yourself in that, uh, that, that mold where this is my opportunity. Right. This is my opportunity to make those throws. I know Max is pressured me I have to find a way to get rid of the ball quickly and be able to put the ball in a spot that, you know what, my guy can get it. So those defensive players understand how good I am. So when I go into game, I have that confidence that I've gone against Max. I've gone against Chandler. I've gone against that defensive backfield and cover three or cover four or whatever it is. I understood that, called it out in practice. So now I'm confident. But more than that, the coaching staff understand that I can hold up in situations.
3: You know, and I know it's early, but how important is it that he's getting reps? Aiden O'Connell's getting a lot more reps right now. Without (laughs) Jimmy G being on the field, he's able to get those reps that a normal backup would be getting.
4: Yeah, so important to get that film. And and I keep talking about film and going back to it because early on, it's the one thing that's going to save you. You go into the film room after practice, and you are your toughest critic. Mm -hmm. You find ways. Man, I need to do that better. My footwork wasn't great here, throwing off my back foot or throwing off my front foot. Those are things that I have to clean up in OTAs, in minicamps. Those are things that I'm staying in the building after practice is over looking at, coming back on the football field. Hopefully there's a receiver or someone else who can work with me. Those are the kind of football players, and, and, and Dave just talked about that. Yeah, Guys who did. love football, yeah. they're willing to do that.
2: And I want to go back to Jimmy Garoppolo and what I've seen being around him a couple of times in the last few days. He's a teammate. you got to go back to the 49er years, and I know a lot of Raider fans don't watch 49er <laughs> right. games. Don't want to hear about <laughs> that. <laughs> well, what I thought he did, which was so special, beating Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau, finding ways to win games is he always threw to the wide open player. That's the legacy of Tom Brady. Tom Brady threw to guys who were wide open because of the scheme of Josh yeah. McDaniels. Yeah. So when you saw Debo Samuel, and you looked at what they were able to do with Ayuk and George Kittle, he moved his hips, EA, and pump faked or lightly moved his eyes, brought the defense with him, and then someone was trailing wide open. How many times did you see a Niner player, <laughs> Debo especially, yeah. get the ball and, and go? for 30 more yards because there was no one around him. That's why I think he's got to be good in this system. Look at that record, 40 and 17. Yeah. The TD to interception ratio in 2022, he's going to make the easy pass be very effective because guys are going to be open.
4: He's a winner, JTQ. He's a winner. Uh, This type of offense does a really good job of getting guys open. Whether it is we're going to line up in a bunch situation, the front man and the inside player are going to run nines, the outside guy in that clear out spot is going to be able to run a drag route. Mm-hmm. He's going to be wide open because on our backside we're running seven routes or something. So they're going to give areas of the football field that that quarterback knows this player should be open at this time. And that's why the system has been successful. If you have a quarterback that understands and trusts the system and a coaching staff that has – valuable players who you can line up and take advantage maybe of some weaknesses of the Chiefs or the Chargers or whatever. I think this system and the quarterback he understands the system. It's going to make it so much better for this football team this year.
3: You know, we talk about understanding the system all the time. How quickly for a guy who's been out of the system for a little while, not not a whole long time, but just a little while, how quickly do you think he can get up to speed?
4: Well, uh, again, it's all about how you uh, practice Mm -hmm. right now early, and how you go back and develop those little traits. Because it's going to be different because you're dealing with different players. Right. Right. So you have the Jimmy G finds a way to get it done, but now he's going to to get on the same page with Devontae or Myers or whoever it is. And that's going to take a little time. But talking about a little time, I'm talking about a week or two. Right, right, right. Before you start to understand, okay, the timing here, Mm -hmm. he's going to be here, you know, in five yards, opposed to, I'm going to have to wait, step up a little bit. So you have to kind of figure out the development and how these players are going to get together on the same page. And I think it'll take maybe one or two weeks.
3: He's got to be pretty excited, though. I mean, Devontae Adams with just a pure wide receiver is the best wide receiver he's Uh, ever played for. You you have to be, to
4: know that when you get in trouble, you and him can hook up, and that relationship has to build. Mm Uh, but Devontae's always going to be Devonte. Don't exactly. matter who the quarterback exactly. he is. Devonte's going to get yeah, it done.
2: I think Michael Mayer. If I'm him, I'm looking at every cut up of George Kittle the last five years. I'm just saying this is the guy I want to be about. I want to run the same routes that he ran because on those routes, Q, he was wide open. And mm-hmm. after the catch, Kittle's athleticism. Mayer's a different player, more bigger and bulkier, right. stronger, but just as good as hands. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember how many times Kittle was just wide open in the middle of the field as everyone was else on the outside. I see that now with Devontae here, where Mayer, he's not going to be able to just hide behind people. But I think if he hits his routes and makes the right cuts, Jimmy G is really going to lean on him early in his career.
3: Well, and the other thing about it is he catches the ball with soft hands, but he runs violently. Right? You mentioned George Kittle. George Kittle, that's what he'd he'd be wide open, but then the run after the catch would be violent. That's what Mayer
2: does. Yeah, he can block. He can do a lot of things. And we'll say with Josh Jacobs, I think it's important because when I look at the numbers here and analyze the numbers on what the Raiders want to do on third down, what they want to improve on, because that was a problem last year. We're talking five games with double-digit leads in the second half with the leading rusher in football and the best wide receiver. There was a disconnect. Mm -hmm. There was a disconnect on how to attack and stay on the field. And I don't see that this year at EA. I can't get it out of my head. I just wonder how many touches Josh is going to get on third down Third in that weird third and four, third third. and five, where we know he can get it. Or is he going to be even out there? Or is he going to be lined up? They're going to be moving him around because last year he got those tough yards. I think defensive coordinators are going to be king on him more this year.
4: Yeah, JT, in the defensive room, you know, we have third and 10 to twelve. That third and three to five is really tricky on defenses Mm -hmm. too, because do you pressure? Do you zone? What personnel packages are the Raiders going to come with? If I'm on the defensive side, so if I have Josh in the backfield, now I have to keep a line extra linebacker in just to protect against the run, because what Josh did last year, he's going to give those defenses fits as far as, hey, they may run this football if it's third and three, third and four. He has to be someone who can catch the football. And we know Josh can do that. Mm -hmm. I think with this system, this scheme, it's all about attacking weaknesses. So if that linebacker on the opposing team is not a good cover guy, believe me, this team will attack him until they change.
2: You know, you heard Dave Ziggle there before we come back talk about the teams, you know, no respect, the offensive (laughs) line. Yeah, 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 yeah. they hear it. Everything that I'm dealing with, Q, on the front lines of Raider Nation Radio is the fact that I don't think people understand how great this offense can be. It Mm -hmm. could be elite. It could be a top five offense, top seven or eight. That changes everything for me, and I wouldn't have believed it Unless Josh Jacobs had the year he had last year. I didn't go into this time last year thinking he was going to lead the league in rushing. I knew (laughs) he was playing for a contract. I knew he was going to be the franchise tag. What was going to happen? He blew me away with the way he ran the ball. And now you add that to the system quickly, EA. I think it changes everything. It could take it to a top five to six, seven offense in the league.
4: The finishes, JT. I mean, the way he finished games last year, finished runs, tells you about his conditioning and how he really attacks football teams. Just unbelievable job that this offensive line did, but particularly, I mean, running through arm tackles, making sure uh, uh, that he wasn't going to be stopped at times. I was just so happy for this young man to be able to say, "Okay, I'm going to prove it, you know, you give me what you give me. But you know what I'm going to do is when it's time to finish, I'm going to finish games, I'm going to finish runs. That's the most important thing for a running back.
2: Uh, Coming up, we're going to have Mad Max here in a little bit. You know, about an hour from now, we have Brian Hoyer coming up, Jacoby Myers. Now we're going to get the train of the players coming in, and we're excited about that from Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. You're watching and listening to Raiders Roundtable. back to Raiders Roundtable, brought to you by America First Credit Union, JT, along with Q Myers, Eric Allen. Some players will be coming out here in a little bit. Just incredible to see the energy in the building today. We're happy to be out here for Raiders Content Day, and there's a lot of content. We'll be here for a total of three and a half hours, and we have full coverage, Q, on Raider Nation Radio yeah. from our morning show today my show your show after that so one of the busier days on the calendar this year
3: it really is and it's to me it kind of starts the whole football calendar year like we've seen otas we know mandatory minicamp is coming up but when you see these players walking around especially some of the new guys maybe the rookies and they're in their jerseys for the first time and you can almost see the the light click on for them like wow this is real like almost that pinch me moment right yeah it's
4: exciting time for them you know sometimes uh first time putting on a jersey Mm -hmm. and and being in front of uh, us, right. right? We're asking them all these questions. Uh, some of their dreams are coming true. I know when I was younger, I was a big Raider fan. And so the first time, even though it was year 10, the first time I put the uniform on and was a part of this historic brand, I was just blown away. Mm-hmm. I was, hey man, 21, this is Cliff Branch. I'm right, finally, right. you know, because right. Cliff is my <laughs> favorite player. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so it, it's, it's really a joy to, to see these uh, young men have the opportunity to put on the Raider uniform and represent, uh, represent their families.
2: Let's stay with that a little bit. You come from all the success. You play on one of the greatest defenses of all time, Buddy Ryan and the Eagles. When you came here for your first media day up in Alameda <laughs> at the time, now it's content day. What yeah. was that like being out on the field? Because Mr. Davis, yes. everyone there—it's not just going through the motions. You got no. that uniform on, yeah. tight, and you it, said, "There's Tim and Jerry and everybody yeah, there welcoming you in yes, for the first time."
4: It's a little different. It really was mm-hmm. uh, because this iconic football team, this iconic brand, and uh, Al Davis was still, you know, on the football field and a part of uh, this organization. And it was John Gruden's first year. And just a really quick story. I, I come in, and, and I had built a relationship up with the team's of coordinator at the time, who was Willie Shaw. Mm-hmm. Willie Shaw recruited me uh, from San Diego to go to ASU. So Willie and I were really tight. And Willie was a, a really demanding coach. I mean, he, he set the standard at the beginning of the season. Hey. In the backfield, this defense—21 interceptions, 20, 21 interceptions—from day one. That's all we preach. So mm-hmm. we knew that there was a kind of a, a, a method and a standard to reach. But just being in this, in that locker room with uh, Tim Brown at the time, of course, Daryl Russell was a San Diego kid, and I knew him from high school. Uh, they had Albert Lewis, who was an outstanding player. Was then transferred to safety. Uh, we had a rookie named Charles Woodson, who you know I had to kind of help get to make him right, you know right. a, and, a, and a great he turned out a all right. great player. Yeah, just <laughs> and, it, and it was it just wasn't me, but. Right. As a corner, I felt it was my responsibility because mm-hmm. people, when I was a rookie, did the same thing. Hey, man, here's how you study, here's how you you stay after for a while. And it took me, a, took Charles a little while to, to learn. Right, you gotta right. stay after a little mm-hmm. bit. But it, it was just really uh, unbelievable experience and we had a lot of great success. Unfortunately, you know, we tuck rule or, you know, the the Baltimore Ravens year. But I had a great time, met some great friends, and uh, really tried to leave the place better than I found
3: it. You know, you mentioned putting on that 21 and that that was Cliff Branch's number and how excited you were because that was your guy. This organization doesn't retire numbers, so when you put on a number that's iconic, like a 21, (laughs) a 24, an 81, it's almost like that responsibility level's got to go up higher when you have that number. It,
4: It really is, and 24 in particular. Right because the great Willie Brown. And Willie picked me up from the airport, and uh, and I was like, how many interceptions do you have career? He's like, oh, I have 54. I was like, I'm coming to get you, Willie. I'm, I'm coming to get <laughs> you. You know, So we had great banter back yeah. and forth. But uh, to be in the building and have Phil Filippiano, Willie Brown, at that time, Freddie B was coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, have those guys all come back. Of course, uh, you know Marcus Allen, who we all in San Diego loved, knew he was such a big part of this organization. Yes, it was a big deal to right. put on 21. Think about Cliff Branch. Knew that there's fan bases, you know, around the country. When you went to town, and JT knows this, when you go into someone's town, there's a Raider contingent that is there yeah, and are Hoya. representing and mm-hmm. have the numbers on. So really, really proud that I was had the opportunity to 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 wear the jersey.
2: Well, Brian Hoyer is going to be here in a minute. We want to go back to this running back room and Q. Let's take a look at it because they carry a lot of running backs yeah. in this organization. And as we talked to Dave Ziegler about it, it's because they can play on special teams. Right. And I'm just wondering if you look at this room, I'm expecting a lot from Zamir White. His conditioning is supposed to be really good. Abdullah, you know, a veteran, mm-hmm. bold in 11 years here. I'm just wondering who's going to stick here because... They're not going to carry this many players, and they all line up behind Josh Jacobs.
3: No, and you know, a, a year ago, Josh Jacobs made sure that Zamir White didn't get on the field that much, right? Josh Jacobs uh, was, I mean, he was just that stinking good, even yeah. to the point where head coach Joshua Daniel said, I, I had planned on using him a little bit more, just couldn't get him on the field. But I really like what Amir Abdullah brings to the table as well, because you know he's yes. going to catch the ball on the backfield, and he, he brings that extra element. So these guys all kind of play different roles, obviously led by Josh Jacobs. Right,
4: I think the the plan Was to have, you know, like a short yardage guy, have a third down guy, you know, have first Josh be the the first and second down guy. What happened was Josh filled all those spots. Right, right. (laughs) Well, let's stay on that.
2: I love that about what happened last year. He said, you know, again, I'll never forget what it was like to be at the Pro Football Hall of Fame and he played in that game. Yes. Everybody on the sideline was coming up to me saying, whoa, what's What's going going on on here? And Look, they weren't shopping him. He was just going to get a little little bit yeah. of work there. And then after that, when he exploded early in the season, you just started to notice, EA, that he wasn't coming out of games. Right, right. He just wasn't coming off the field. And then I think once he started to get over 1,000 yards and he saw the numbers, he was definitely not yes. getting off the field. And it was the strength of the team. And we're expecting him to be back here. And when he comes here, we'll see what happens, if they're negotiating long term, if it's a franchise tag. But I think he's the heart and soul now. He's got to be in this window. You played against the all time greats. Yes. You got to have like two or three or four years of these numbers, you not do. one. You, you got to have a couple of them. You got to stack them. I think he has the ability to do that.
4: And, guys, what's great about this, his body type, I think, allows him to be able to last a little bit longer. He mm. takes care of his body. Yeah. He's not a big guy. He doesn't take a bunch of hits. Just love the, and we talked about this earlier, the ability to finish. Yeah. Finish runs, always forward, and then finish at the end of football games. But he's a throwback guy. He's a throwback guy. He's someone who's going to play every down if he wants to Mm -hmm. and if he can. Third down, he wants to catch the ball out the backfield, still working on his game. But you're right, JT. Man, he's he's a throwback, tremendous football player. And I think last year, not only on the football field, but he really took steps leadership-wise in the locker room, and I noticed that
3: right away. He did. He really He talked to us every time, win, loss, whatever. It didn't matter. He talked. He held accountability. But, you know, going back to being a throwback type and and being on the field as much as he was, remember that was the question coming out of Alabama, right, because, well, he's part of a committee, so he hasn't done it, and everyone questioned it except for him. He's like, oh, no, I got this. Right. So –
2: Ryan Hoyer's here, as he is. Look, it's game day. Yeah. The photos are coming. We really appreciate him yeah, jumping in and see joining Brian. us. All right. right I'm Raiders done. Round table. Great to see you. Grab a seat. Thank <laughs> you so you much. Go. How excited are you? Because you've come from a lot of success in your career. You come to this organization with familiar faces, in yep. the GM and the coach. How's the transition been for you?
1: Uh, pretty seamless when it comes to the football aspect, for sure. Um, to come in and know the offense day one, um, not only Josh, but... Um, I could go down the list of uh, coaches from Bo Hardigree, Jerry Szaplinski, Mick Lombardi, Carmen Brasillo, even you know on the defensive side, Pat Graham. So to see a bunch of familiar faces always makes it an easy transition. And it's been great for me to. Uh, to get back and, and play offense in the, in this system. I got to jump into the shoe game. I'm looking at the, <laughs> hold on, man. We, we, it's the first These are fresh, of fresh out of the box, yeah. man. Fresh out of the box. I
3: like it. Looking yeah. sharp. Looking yeah. sharp. How does it feel, though? Just the first day of school almost. You know, it's, yeah. it's picture day and everybody's having yeah. a good time.
1: It's fun. I mean, when you get to this point where I'm at in my career, you're like, all right, yeah. let's get this over with and, and get back to football. So, <laughs> um, it's fun, especially, you know, going on a new team, trying yeah. new threads. and uh, But, um, you know, see everybody getting – Glammed up for their their uh, their photo shots and everything, but uh, no, it's great. I mean, have a great setup here, this is a great facility, yeah. and Get it all done, and like I guess I get back to football tomorrow.
4: I'd say, uh, t- what would Brian Hoyer? Year one, yep. say to Brian, who
1: are you, 15? I never thought you'd make it that far. <laughs> I mean, I started off as like the fifth quarterback in New England. So uh, to get to year 15 is, is um, something I'm proud of. And obviously, with this new opportunity and this team and this organization, um, really to end my career, you know, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. So um, Excited to meet all the guys. Obviously, a great group. Um, get to work with them every day, and and uh, just go out and you know execute and have fun. Yeah. To follow up, what does it take for a player
4: who's not the five-star sure. guy, who's not to to um, to make it?
1: Fifteen. A lot of hard work. Um, being a lot of, uh, being around a lot of great people, um, learning from those people, and and uh, making those connections and. Then going out and when you have an opportunity, just you know do the best you can with it, and um, you know keep learning, keep building, and you know even in year 15, I'm still learning every day. So especially the way the game's evolving, there's new defenses, there's new ways to attack those defenses. So um, I've learned from a lot of great people. Um, obviously, coming here, uh, a big factor of it was coming to play for Josh because I've learned the most from him over my career and um just excited about the opportunity
2: ryan tell us about the system why Mm -hmm. is it so successful because you would think it'd be really difficult and demanding Derek carr former quarterback all the success in new england what is really the key to this system and learning and getting up to speed
1: yeah it's um look it's not easy but this is the nfl it's not supposed to be easy um Josh puts a lot of responsibility on the players, and especially on the quarterback. And I think um, once I learned to embrace that, it opened my eyes to you know what it does for you as a player, and not only for the quarterback, but the entire offense. So like I said, you know, you asked, you know, how do you make it this long? It's being around really smart people, learning from those people, not only um, Josh, but um, Tom, and, and guys like that, to be able to be in the room and watch those guys game plan and say, hey, this is why we're doing this. And you learn to understand the why, and it's not just you know the X's and O's on the paper. There's a reason for everything, and I think when you get to that point, you realize you know um, they're putting us in the best advantage and best opportunity to to win, and that's all you can ask for.
3: How, how important is it for you to be able to send that message to the rest of the guys in the in the locker room that may just start to learn the system, even yeah. backup quarterbacks like Aiden O'Connell as well?
1: Yeah. Um, look, I think that's part of the role. That's part of the reason I'm here. Um, We have a lot of other guys who've played in the system, adding Jacoby Myers, one of the smartest players that I've ever played with. Um, You know, was able to, to learn it quickly as a rookie. I remember, you know, as a joke, I guess in, in New England they make the rookies wear all these crazy numbers. He was number sixty-nine playing receiver, <laughs> and um, he was one of the main guys I was working with because he was like on the second team, and he was another undrafted guy. And I was like, man, this guy can play. You know what I mean? Former quarterback, knew you know where the zones were in the defense, and he did a great job. So excited to you know pair back up with him. And but um, you know all of us who've played in the system before, like it is our responsibility to um, help those other guys if they have questions or you know maybe point something out that maybe they're not noticing. And um, you know, I think that's part of our role. Yeah, what's the
4: number, what would you say the number one ingredient or aspect of a person's game uh, to make them successful in this system?
1: Uh, well, I think it's it's communication. Okay. Um, I think it's communication and trust. I think, um, you know, when you see us out there, there's a lot of communication going on and, and you all have to see it through the same set of eyes. So that's what this OTAs, that's what the mini camps for, is to, you know, build the, that foundation and make sure that when the ball snapped everybody's seen it the same way and i think um you know football is the ultimate team sport especially offense, you know, on defense, one guy can fall down. He could be away from the play. It doesn't hurt him. But on offense, you know, one guy messes up, it probably messes up the other 10 guys. So we're just working on building that consistency right now, kind of coming together, gelling together. And, um, you know, it's great to have those opportunities in the spring and then come training camp to, to kind of build that foundation.
2: One of the big sports radio topics over the decades now, because Tom Brady played so long was, (laughs) was it Brady? Was it the play calls? And I always say, There is no Tom Brady unless Bill Belichick and the organization drafts him. And if Josh McDaniels isn't there for all those Super Bowls designing those plays, then there's no AFC Championship victories come from behind in a Super Bowl down 28 to three. I want you to tie that into what coach is trying to do now with you, Jimmy, the system here yeah. with a guy like Devonte and Josh Jacobs, because you played with elite players winning championships in New England.
1: Yeah, um, look, it's all got to tie together. I mean, the thing that you know, I had a front row seat to to witness all those guys work, and um, you know, the like we talked about before, the communication, the trust, the understanding of what what's the goal, what what are the what are the must this week, what do we have to do to win this game, and um, you know, for me, it's been fun to come out here. And run this system with a guy like Devonte. Uh-huh. You know, quite honestly, I've never been in this offense when you have a guy like him who's just like a human cheat code. And no matter what they do, you throw him the ball, he's going to catch it. <laughs> I mean, I sat there and watched the film from last year over and over, and you're like, yeah. oh my god, how, how is he making this catch? <laughs> and then you get a chance to go out there and throw it to him, and you're like, all right, just put it in his vicinity. Yeah. Um, you know, so to get to do that, uh, you know, eventually get, you know, get playing with Josh. Um, he had a tremendous year last year. Um, you know the wide receiver rooms. Obviously, deep. we talked about Jacoby, but um, obviously Hunter Renfro and and um, you know Philip Dorsett. I mean, I played with Phil. I mean, this guy's a speed. He can demon. run. He's huh? a speed demon. So <laughs> um, you know, a lot of different aspects. And I think you know, you talk about this offense. Each year is different in this offense, and it's all about the players. You know, how are we going to put our players in the best position to have success? And you know, Josh is you know one of the best, if not the best, at doing those things. So. You know, that goes back to the trust and, and understand, you know, some things might be a little difficult, but there's a reason that we're doing it.
2: Well, thank you so much. We're going to hand it off to Jacoby. There He's he is. Number 69. Right. Yeah, that's, that's right. Number 69 rookie year, remember? That is transition. <laughs> thank you, Brian. Yeah. It. Appreciate it. so much, Mike. Have a great year. Appreciate it very much. <laughs> as we're able to bring in Jacoby <laughs> how Myers. How you doing, man? Enough to join how us. How appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Good, it. Thank you so much for doing this. Wow, he just talked about you when you and him were developing together on the second team and your work ethic together. Now you got Jimmy Garoppolo here. Mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels is the head coach. How's the transition been for you?
5: It's been smooth, man. I feel like it's perfect because it's enough people that I do know and enough people that I don't know. So I get to rekindle with old friends, you know what I mean? I haven't seen them in it, and then also meet a bunch of the new guys. So the experience, yeah, we working hard too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know you got to I mean? work like, hard. At the same time, I'm getting to learn my teammates. and. It's
3: been real cool. What what has it been like at OTAs? Because you guys are working hard. And for me, from being able to watch from the sideline, it looks like you guys are moving around from station to station really quickly. Oh, mm-hmm. we running. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. We running, sure. yeah. running. You know what I'm
5: saying? <laughs> but it's been cool, though, you know, because we all in together. Mm-hmm. We all uh-huh.
4: trying to get better. It feel like everybody bought in for the most part. So it's exciting. Do you feel like you have your teacher's hat on, too, as mm-hmm. as you're going through? Are are you are you conscious of, hey, I need to pick my pace up so the young guys understand what this practice needs to be about? See now
5: I kinda of look at it differently. I feel like these young guys, they come into the league so good now these days, you okay. know, or they got so much talent just from watching older guys and watching highlight tapes. So yeah. I'm always watching them just to see what they bring. The fresh new, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm still yeah. a young guy the the day, Right, so Yeah, for sure. I feel like I can learn from anybody, young, old, you know what I mean? Black or white, don't matter who it is. Yeah. You, know, you just, you name them, I'm paying attention. And if I can't help, I will
4: help. Right, right.
2: The system here when you go four wide. EA knows we do the pregame together. I'm saying I want to <laughs> see him four wide, <laughs> <Yeah>. five wide. When <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you look over, Devontae's there, Hunter, mm-hmm. Michael Mayer, whoever's there and looking down the line there. Mm-hmm. What is that like? And for you, a guy who was a number one option or number two, same thing here to know you're going to get your share of balls, but mm. you're going to run routes to get your teammates open.
5: Man, it's exciting. Honestly, i would be... I be watching practice like jeez, he know how to get open too. <laughs> he can get open too. Like it's, it's real dope. So just it's exciting, honestly, like you said. just a lot of guys who who are good at their craft, you know, you can tell they put a lot of time in it to I just got to go out there and put a lot of time in the mind, mm-hmm. yeah. be good at mind, and match the intensity. So yeah. it's fun. It's competitive.
3: You know, talking about the system, you recently said that Josh McDaniels is going to give you the answers to the test. Mm-hmm. You just got to accept it. So when was that moment for you when you understood that, hey, the answers are right in front of me? I
5: can tell you it wasn't my rookie year. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can definitely tell you that one. You know, it was, I just knew I was going to do it my way. And yeah. that's probably why uh-huh. my rookie year went the way it went. You know, I, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time on the bench, a lot of time watching. But in those moments, I guess going into the next year, it kind of helped me that I got to watch that long. So
4: mm-hmm. I would say my second year in the league, I definitely picked it up a little bit more. What do you do really well right now? Mm-hmm. And then what are the things that you need to work on? And who are you looking at to help you strengthen that part of your game that you need, you think needs needs work? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I would say something I do well. I feel like I know how to get open. How do you get? I'm a corner. I mm-hmm. can cover, mm-hmm. right? I know what you do best. Yeah, I'm looking at film. Right. If you like to stick me outside, inside, and go out, OK. I know that. I've right. worked all week at that in practice. Right. So when we get to the game, I know what you like to do. Right.
5: So how are you going to get over it? See, that's the thing though with corners, though. Whether you watch me or not, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to do what's comfortable for you because you're playing backwards. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's all going to fall down into who you are as a player. So I feel like. What helps me is knowing what kind of corner you are. Okay. You know what I mean? Because if you sit in second or third move, you sit in second or third move. Yeah. You're going to always sit second or third move. You're not just going to get the game time and decide, you know what, I'm going to sit on the third move today. (laughs) i have been always doing second. But this game, nah, you're going to do what you do best, and I'm going to try to Stay with that and make sure I'm paying attention to what it is. And if you switch it up, I'll try, I'll try to be on that too. So. Okay. You know, we just saw some B-roll attention.
2: of you making some big catches and a couple mm. of high point catches. Mm. What is that like in this system here? Because Devontae made some of the greatest we've seen last year. You can mm. go up in double coverage and grab that high point catch. Mm. How much do you work on that?
5: That's all my life. You know, yeah. before I even knew I was going to play football, I got brothers. So oh, okay. we'll be outside. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. You yeah. already yeah. know what time it is. Yeah. I'm outside. Yeah. We playing Moss, Jackpot, <laughs> you name it. Like, we out there. We trying to dunk on each other. So I guess that's just something I've been in training for and not awesome. even realizing it. That
3: yeah. you know is so. that is awesome. I'm, I'm seeing if you guys are going to line up. I'm, I'm seeing yeah, it. You almost That's so what I'm saying. I can yeah. see it. I can, I can see, it. see it. I am not
5: back. He don't lean back. I'm
4: always running. You know what I mean? So I'm just soft. I'm the soft press. Right now, you know, find no, out what he's all. going Remember, to do. I
2: like T. You, you know that. <laughs> Tell him how many career INTs you had. Around 54. 54. Yeah,
4: You're doing 54.
5: Your thing. yeah. 54. Yeah. 54. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm still a show me guy. Yeah, right. Right. I'm a show right. me guy. Yeah, I got to right. see. So see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So who's, a, who's the
4: toughest guy you've uh, you went up against uh, in the league so far? Oh, my rookie year, I would say Steph.
5: Okay. That's probably. Yeah. Because that was just a learning experience, definitely a humbling experience. You know, Somebody who who's smart, athletic and then not going to say nothing Right. they beat you. I'm like, yeah. like say, say something. Like, <laughs> yeah. get me going. Right, right, right. right. But, nah, he, he just – he beat you straight up, dude. Got talent, man. Uh-huh. So, that was something. And I was kind of doing a lot of scout team reps at that time. So, yep. Yep. I'll be going against him any chance I can. Yeah. Like, who the who – I got it. <laughs> do you talk it. on the field? Do you, do you? I used to, but I don't I learn. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm paying attention, like I said. Right. So just, a lot of guys who I look up to were quiet players who mm-hmm. just did their job. So, okay. I kind of try to – take that mode on take that mode what
2: do you think of vegas now before coming to raider coming out here with your guys getting a quick trip in Mm -hmm. weekend now that you're going to be here living here setting down some roots Mm -hmm. what's jumped out at you at vegas so far
5: man vegas is beautiful honestly i just i only thought it was the strip being from the east coast i'm like you go to vegas you're going to gamble you're going to do something you ain't supposed to be doing (laughs) nah it's it's nice family life out here they got nice parks you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's goals outside the weather nice until the summer. Yeah, right, you know, right, right. Until yeah. The summer. But now nah, it's just real cool, man. You can do whatever you want, and that's why I like Vegas a lot. Like, it's really your world, and you just got to decide how you want to live it. So.
3: Yeah. Well, but you got this beautiful yeah. facility. You know, so when it is hot out, right, you can come yes. in here and. <laughs> right. How how cool is this facility? Like I said, you came here last year, obviously, but just being here, how how nice yeah. is this for you to know this is your home?
5: Nah, it's futuristic here, man. It's.
2: I like that. They, futuristic. they really. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. I got definitely. that. Yeah, like, they.
5: They really put their money into it, and you can tell that they care about the players here. You know, just you don't do all this and not care about the players. The training staff, nice. The locker room guys, nice. It's, it's perfect, honestly. So they give you all the reasons to be good. It's just it's my job as a player to go out there and be good. So I got to take advantage of all my resources and use them to the best well, of my ability. Well, thanks
2: for doing this. Appreciate it. We know you got a busy day coming up after. Sure. Brian, but have a great and healthy year. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate that.
5: Thank you, fellas. All right,
2: more from Content Day on Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. Welcome back to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. JTQ Myers and Eric Allen, a couple of great guests. More coming as we are live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. It's content day. Excited to be here to have this access. So players are rolling in. We started at 8 in the morning Pacific time. We'll go up to 1130. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. And on all the Raider platforms, we really appreciate your loyalty and following all of our podcasts and what we're doing on radio, you know, interesting talking to Jacoby. You and him had a little good <laughs> after that, a couple of photos there. I like when it starts. I like when you yeah. see something start. So you'll know him. He'll know you all yeah. year around the building. That's important to you.
4: It really is because I love watching after the film afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sometimes when you're watching television, obviously you're following the ball. But a lot of times, what he does on the back side, play one, influences what happens on third down. Uh, and someone else may get the ball because of what he did on first down. Is he blocking, you know, for Devontae after the catch? Those are the kind of things I love to see. And as we're walking through the hallways in this beautiful place, you know, I can say, like, man, that was a great block, man. You know, he wouldn't have, you know, broke it if you wouldn't have blocked. So nice. he's a – complete football player. He has developed uh, and I enjoy watching him and all about what he's about.
3: You know, the wide receiver and cornerback and all, all that film study that you talk about all the time, it, it, that's so important and yeah. so critical and you can tell that a guy like Jacoby right. studies a lot of film and, and learns tendencies of the corners just like corners study yeah. the wide receiver.
4: And that's important because I think in the, in the circles out here, we don't think of receivers as guys who are are you know, film junkies right. or, you know, uh, what we call guys who are going to stay after practice and study film. But times are changing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you, you have to, if you're going to be around this league and be successful, you're going to have to be able to study film, break yourself down, break your opponent down. And I used to really enjoy that part of the game uh, because at some point in your career, if you're going to have a long career, after you're maybe six or seven, physically mm-hmm. you're not the same player right you know you you don't have the explosiveness but if you have the mind right and understand the situation and that's a lot what these guys are about mm-hmm. this new regime is about situational football and if you can understand that aspect of it and control the things that you need to control you can have a very successful career
2: let's move to the tight end room no darren waller no foster moreau we wish foster the best obviously with his battle Coming up, those are two big players. I made a lot of plays around here, Q, and then Michael Mayer comes in. We just saw him over there a minute ago. I think he's got to have a big impact. It was another position that I didn't think was a priority for the Raiders after they went out and got Hooper and O.J. Howard. I said, well, one of those guys are going to have hopefully an upside year and do well. But then they're able to see him at the end of the first round and go up and get him in the second round. You could tell he is a priority.
3: I was so surprised that he was still available. I think a lot of people were surprised he was available. He was one that a lot of people believe was the number one tight end in the class. Mm -hmm. And it was a very deep tight end class. So I guess it was pick whatever flavor you choose. But what I like about Michael Mayer is that I think he brings a lot. Obviously, receiving the ball, he's going to be a big target in the red zone. But again, I think with him blocking and then learning how to even be a better blocker. He's just he's like the three tool guy. He's going to be able to do a little bit of everything.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. I think last year we're in a bit of a a bind uh, because of the injuries. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you get into what we call 11 personnel in the tight ends on the football field, if you have a tight end who's a receiver, It gives the defense, okay, hey, this guy's in. I can bring my safety in to cover him. I think what Michael's going to provide is versatility, Mm -hmm. being able to have him on – the field at first second or third down because he can block and be useful in the running game but also a guy that can catch the football obviously and I think that was what was going on in the draft you had guys who were receiving tight ends and guys who are what we call more traditional I think Michael's more one of those traditional guys
2: yeah and what's important to me is when you have a jumbo type package and you want to load up heavy Mm -hmm. because you got to run you got to get it on third and two he needs to be there yes and if you can run behind him if he shows that early, it's going to change the scheme of every defense we go up it against. Really will, right? right? Because then someone will be open on play action. Yes, You could fake that you're going to run behind him. I think yep. the first couple of games are going to be really important because when we get to the schedule later on, opening at the home openers for Denver and Buffalo, this young man's got to be ready. Yeah. Yeah, he played in big games at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Right. Nationally televised games in front of monster crowds. He's going to go into the belly of the beast in his first two games <laughs> right. on the road against very good teams that have edge yeah. rushers there. And I think he's going to have to have an impact, EA, in the blocking game. It
4: has to start now, though, JT. Yeah. It, it really does. These practices, he has to carve out a spot for himself. We want to see him in week one, week two, be a instrumental player, but it has to start right now, and that's what this – new regime is all about it's not about hey we're gonna draft you high and you got a spot it's all circled out no no no. you gotta earn it you gotta earn it yeah you gotta find where, where do you where can we get value from you right what can you provide for us and we need to see it in practice. We need to see the progression from day one to day five to day 10 to the first day of training camp. We need to see it in order for you to be on the football
3: You know, field. JT, you mentioned the jumbo package last year. Thayer Mumford would come right. in the game, right? You know they're not throwing the ball to <laughs> Thayer Mumford. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. Michael Mayer, if he could be that guy and learn to block at that level, now he's right. a weapon, right? Because yes. now you don't know if you're going to throw it to him or you're going to run behind him.
2: Yeah, this is a sneaky offensive yep. line with him thrown into the pack. Right. Because if he can play at that level, all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's pretty strong. We'll go back to the receivers here as we just had Jacoby on, and it's obviously Devontae, but he mentioned Philip Dorsett yep. being a speed burner out there. That's been missing. It you has need been. someone who could just run straight and bring a safety over the top, and then it would open up because is usually going to get double teamed and the speed burner on the right side led by Dorsett, and they have some speed coming in here, especially with Trey Tucker and the Slaughter on the outside. EA, what's that like when you know the safety's going to have to rotate to that side of the field, and the other one's probably going to be on the Devontae side?
4: Yeah, and and going back to last year, we saw Devontae being able to – get on top of guys. So when you have Devontae, who's known to be one of the best in the league, and then you have that speed factor. So now you can't have cornerbacks who are sitting on routes. You have to really respect that speed. And it is so important for our football team and where we play to have that quick strike. Hey, you know what? We're down three. We're down four. We can drop back and we can get a deep strike. We can get an explosive play to get us in position to win football games at the end. I think that has really been missing for the last couple of years just that flat-out speed to where we can usually you know open the field up for crossing and deep what we call dagger route so we have one guy who's flying down the seam, and we have another guy who's coming across the field at like 15 to 18 yards that's gonna be wide open because their fear factor of the speed
3: that was a offseason priority getting a lot faster yeah. you can see Absolutely. it it was offensively and defensively getting speed on the roster was a priority
2: Hunter, let's get to Hunter, the elephant in the room. A lot of fans wondering if he'd be here or not. He was concussed last year. He's on this roster. To get back to the numbers that he had two years ago, EA, would be pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah. He he set a bar for production that was incredible in the history of this franchise with Darren Waller who put up big numbers, Tim Brown's numbers historically. So I think Hunter is very important here because how he fits into the system with Jacoby and Devontae being 100% healthy – third and short getting those big plays in the red zone I think he's one of the best red zone players I've seen in, in a lot of years the way he runs that quick route yeah. he can get open and he's not going to get double teams as much as he was a couple of years ago
4: yeah JT I wonder how much is that valued in this system mm-hmm. the ability to be able to set guys up with the outstanding route running mm-hmm. uh, that he has is that going to be something that's valued in the system or do you need to be in a spot when the quarterback's ready to throw? Right. We saw the mm-hmm. difference the last couple of years with him and Carr, and Carr could kind of wait for him, and he'd set that you know nickel up, and he'd just take him to work, yeah. right? Yeah. And it yeah. was very successful. But in this system, it may be more of a timing. Mm-hmm. So I think Hunter – Uh, is going to have some challenges, right? It's not going to always be, hey, we're just going to wait for you to get open and set guys up. It's going to be a situation where you need to be here when I need you to be because you're working off of two or three other things that are going on.
3: And if you look at the history of this system, the slot receivers have been really good. Yes, they have been. They've been really good, but they've got to figure it out. Figure it out. Got to figure it out. That's an
2: important point because I think he has figured it out. I Mm -hmm. think he can run every route.
3: Yeah, there's no
2: doubt. A national champ. I think he can do all that. It's just a question of how many looks is he going to get. Yeah. You know, as we often talk about, I like Devontae to get the most. Right. Right. Devontae overfeed Devontae. But then when you have a game that's a really grinded out game in the fourth quarter, just to know that Hunter Enthro and Jacoby are going to be out on the field together. Yeah, yes. Both similar outrunners with Devontae getting a heavy dose with Josh Jacobs, Michael Mayer, door set, if he's out there man I that's a think, lot of guys i'm hoping right i'm hoping, <laughs> right, I'm hoping that this is the niners system where everybody one guy was wide open the success um. of brady in the Patriots system what is it one guy's wide open because you can't account for all them. Q. I hope Hunter's one of those guys who really takes advantage of this.
3: Yeah, he really could. And really, if you go back to you know his college time at Clemson, right? I mean, that's what it was. They had a plethora of riches on the field, they and did. then there was big times, big moments where he needed to make a play. You know, winning the national championship game—that was him that was getting the touchdown. You're right. Yeah. Right. I mean, but he had a lot of talent around him, so he could take advantage of all these guys that are on this roster right now.
4: Yeah, that's one thing that it's uh, really special. I think about Hunter is he doesn't need to be fed right. a lot of balls mm-hmm. early to be able to make that big catch late. Right. Not everyone is like that. Mm-hmm. Some receivers need targets early to get like in the flow. One mm-hmm. thing that I really respect about Hunter throughout his career is he could go a quarter or two without having the ball, and then we need that third and 13. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Right. Hunter Renfroy yeah. is there to make the play. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's going to really carry him.
3: Quality over quantity, really. Right.
2: I know you wanted to hit on Trey Tucker. Yeah. You saw him out there. Yeah. But when it, when his name was called in the draft, I think everybody was shocked. Yep. But not everybody in that scouting room. That was their guy. That they, was. He was there. They wanted him. What'd you see at OTAs? When you look at the film of him, how special he could be in this. He's system?
3: got speed to kill, as as we all know. But I mean, the, the willingness to work. I mean, you could see him working. I mentioned going from you know one uh, one drill to the next drill, and how quickly they were moving. I mean, you could just see him kind of in Devonte's ear, you know, just trying to learn from the from the veteran. And just he's a guy that's going to do a lot of different things. Obviously, he brings a special teams uh, ability as well, kick return, punt return, and again that speed. And, and even as we were talking to Dave Ziegler earlier. Just just being a gunner, you know, being a guy that's willing to go down there and tackle. This guy's got a wrestling background, yeah. right? He's got that <laughs> wrestling background, so you know he's a Whoa. tough dude, yeah. right? And that, that's important, especially on special teams. Uh, you
2: know, Came from Akron, Dave, and Josh, familiar with that area there, but also a team captain. They have several team captains on this team. I think he's going to be a really big X factor yeah. because if he explodes in training camp in the preseason, And he becomes a real option to be out there. Mm -hmm. Not a guy coming in on third down. He's a rookie. We're going to bring him around slow. EA, what's it like? You've been around this league a while when someone just blows away expectations at training camp in the preseason. And not only do they make the team, he's obviously going to make the team. He's going to play a lot.
4: And Most of those guys have played a lot of college football. Mm -hmm. And, And that's really important because they've seen a lot. And to be able to explode and have some effect your first year as a rookie, you have to really fall back on a lot of those tough times when you're in college, maybe year two or three, and you haven't been on the field much. And then you get that opportunity. And how did you get that opportunity? And what did you do with that opportunity? Those are the same situations he's going to be in here on the National Football League. And you love that, that these young players who are coming on this football team have played a lot of good quality football.
2: When we come back, more player interviews. It's a busy day here. Players are coming in in groups. We're going to get them. Coming up as we continue on Raiders Roundtable, Right here. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Thanks for listening to us later on Raider Nation Radio as we continue. Welcome back to Raiders Roundtable presented by America First Credit Union, JTQ Myers and Eric Allen as we're at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. It's content day. Uh, Max Crosby will join us in a little bit. We're supposed to have Andre James. We have the GM, Dave Ziegler. So we're enjoying the access that we have today. It's an honor to be on again. Thanks for downloading, subscribing to the Raiders YouTube page, Raiders Roundtable, all of our podcasts and listening throughout the day on Raider Nation Radio And, Q, I'm excited here because guys are starting to roll in. The guys want to talk. They're excited to be here. And I really want to go back to what Dave Ziegler told us in the beginning. He went position group by position group and how he added to this team in the draft and the offseason and free agency
3: yeah exactly and a lot of guys that are versatile i think that's mm-hmm. the word that we keep going back to so much is the versatility of these players they can play multiple positions and they do it well right and they're able to uh to really make this implement this system offensively and defensively to improve the overall product of the team
2: yeah we're going to go to the secondary your expertise I think it's really important when you understand Dave Ziegler. He wants these hybrid guys. You're either going to stay on the field or you're going to come off the field and you're going to go right back in because you can handle all of this. We haven't spent a minute yet on Nate Hobbs. I think he is critical for this team because I always thought that he would develop into, and not when he was a fifth-round pick, but after seeing him year one and what we saw last year, he was banged up a bit. I just want to know he's not coming off the field. He's either starting outside corner, he's the starting slot, He's there in the nickel, whatever he is. And I'm expecting him to be an elite player, and it's got to start now.
4: It has to. And he had a tremendous rookie season. He did. Uh, Played uh, mostly inside and just had a great uh, feel for the game, had a knack. And, again, one of those players who played a lot of college football. Uh, so he could put himself in situations and be successful. Last year, because of the injuries and the, just the changing in the defensive backfield, played a lot of outside, didn't feel as comfortable. And it's, it, it's different. right? right? right. When, you, when you come from uh, a position of success, when you're playing inside and then you're asked to go outside, Receivers are attacking you in different ways. Uh, the ball's coming out a little bit differently. You, you know, your leverage and everything's a little bit different. And that's a great learning experience for him. Right. And now coming into year three, he has a great toolbox to be able to utilize. He says, hey, I'm going to work on some of those deficiencies I had on the outside, and if I can play inside and I can be inside, you know he's strong. Strong tackler, good in coverage, you love the just the – the essence of him and how he feels inside, so hopefully He's the inside guy starts off inside and develops into someone who can start to try to chase guys around. Right. So you know what? You match up well against this receiver. Where If he's
3: inside or outside, you're going to go inside or outside. His physicality really stood out to yes. me. Right. And yeah. when he came back and returned from injury in that Chargers game, the second one was at Allegiant Stadium. Uh-huh. They were talking about barbecue chicken, and that was <laughs> something he even talked about after yeah. the game. But you saw how physical he was, and it really threw the wide receivers off. You got an understanding of what – Patrick Graham wants to do with the corners if right. they are able to do it. Yeah, for
4: sure. Well, I'm
2: looking at David Long Jr. here and Tyler Hall, and Dave mentioned Face On, and it goes back to you to someone here also that I think is going to have a big impact. Ameek Robertson's still here. Yeah. Yes. This is a new regime. If they're right. still here, that shines a light to me it because does. they have the opportunity to deconstruct this roster and bring in who they want. Face On year five is what I really like. And then when we go to the rookies who are coming in, Jacorian Benicue, I want you to touch on what you saw from him. Yeah. (laughs) The access that we heard from the draft and now what he's doing, because they could have took another player. They could have Mm -hmm. took Ringo out of Georgia. They decided to take him. And that's going to be the play I remember, the comp, who has a better career.
3: Well, I'll tell you, he's got speed to kill. We talked about the speed was uh, something that was uh, a priority in this offseason. and Bennett ran stride for stride with Philip Dorsett at the OTAs. And that stood out to me in such a way, because Philip Dorsett is so fast. So to see yeah. Bennett running, like I said, stride for stride, I thought, wow, he's got something. And that's important,
4: because usually when, you know, at this level, when we think about a guy who's a speed guy, right we don't think he's a a a mobile flexible hip Mm -hmm, guy mm -hmm. just hey you know you just run straight ahead right bennett has some flexibility to him and i think that surprised a lot of folks in this football team Mm -hmm. hey he's a speed guy but also he's more a little more athletic than maybe we have thought and so that's a huge get for this football team if you can get a guy who can run you know, the four fours or four three, and then have some explosiveness, and then be able to have a little wiggle with it. Right. So you're not going to be, you know, um, uh, in a position where your hips can't open mm-hmm. right. and you're running. Those kind of things are really important as far as the footwork is concerned.
3: And he had a lot of people throwing balls at him in college because he had Deontay Banks across from him, yes. right, who went in the first round. So, obviously, having the ball going his way, he's used to that. Yeah. That's a great
2: it, point. So, he had so important. He someone on the other side right. who was a lead player. But this is an important pick because the Raiders have struggled in the last four or five picks with picks in this range. Max went in the fourth round. We'll talk to him. This guy's got to play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he what's not taken as a developmental player. He's a he's going to develop, he's coming into the NFL, but they saw something with him that was clear they had to have him. We talked about the players that went in that group, Aiden O'Connell. Okay, another player right around that point where I was wondering are they gonna go D tackle? Mm-hmm. Are they gonna get a starting corner? Well this is their starting corner and I hope it doesn't take a year or two to develop him, because he's got the skill set as Q said and the speedy to come in and make a difference early.
4: Okay, so a couple things here. One six-five wingspan, yeah. which tells me you can press and you can press pro press, not college press because college press, you know, you get your hands on a guy, you throw him out of bounds. It, it just doesn't work that way. But pro press, you're able to really what we call soft shoe. So you're going to stay just in his shadow, not getting penalties. And then another thing, another senior has played a lot of football right had another guy on the other side who was good so he's received a lot of passes so he's had a lot of football playing i love that aspect about the guy the younger guys play a lot of football they have certain aspects physically about them that can help this football team
2: i'm also interested in you talked you came to the raiders year 10. yeah do we do we need to find the next eric allen a (laughs) 10-year vet who could come in with something to prove still who's had a great career Because they don't seem to be going in that direction. They're not going to overspend you on a player for one year. Mm And they know a lot of good players in that New England system who played at yeah. a high level yeah. in their roles there. It seems like they want to go in a different direction, go a little bit younger if we look at the ages here. Yeah.
3: No, there's no doubt. And the thing about it is you, you mentioned uh, you know they're not they're disciplined. They're not going to overspend, right? I mean, there was a, a time last off offseason, I believe I was pounding the table for them to go get J.C. Jackson. The Chargers did spend a boatload of money yeah. and got no production with whatsoever. So yeah. Dave Ziegler has shown that he will be very disciplined, go get the guys that fit what they want to do, and then lean on the younger guys as well.
4: Yeah two years ago, we, we tried that with Hayward. Right? Yeah. And Hayward was a productive player. I thought he played really he played good. I, good yeah. I, I love Casey. A really smart guy, but he didn't have the numbers. Right. And I think that's the one thing, if you're going to go out and get someone, you got to almost have a guarantee that that guy's going to get you four or five interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be a leader in that, in that room. And maybe they didn't see that, and they saw these younger players, particularly with the with the aspect of getting the ball. That has to be such an emphasis for this football team, Mm -hmm. for the defensive backfield, to get the football.
2: One more player before we have Max come on. I want to talk about Trayvon Merrick. He's got to have a big year because he's done everything. I look at him as a center fielder who plays a little too deep, like at the warning track, and he keeps everything in front of him. Mm -hmm. He needs to get to the ball more. He's a good player in this league, but I think he's got to take the next step. I'm going to say he regressed last year. We didn't have a lot of pop plays right. in regards to turning it over. What do you think, I Am?
3: Injuries played a little bit of a factor right. last year as well, changing the system played a little bit, but yes. I, I covered him a lot when he was at TCU in the Big 12, and he's a player. Right? He's a very yeah. versatile player, can do many things. He's got to, in my opinion, he's got to be able to, once he gets his hands on the ball, make the play.
4: Yeah, important about
3: safeties in
4: this system mm-hmm. is you have to find a way to to know the situation right, and understand what the offense is trying to do, to put yourself in the best position to make a play and i think that's going sort of a maturing process for him
2: well get the hands on the ball that's what eric <laughs> i get it just get the ball
4: let's get you the ball get hold on to it when you that's get right. it i've held
2: <laughs> it i've held it for two and a half hours I know. you're good <laughs> you're good <laughs> right now great kind enough to on, join us thank you so much max great to see you, you as go. we're talking defense and it's a perfect time oh. Uh, first off, this day for you now that you're a veteran, part of this franchise, a face of the franchise, picture day, you come in, content day, how have you grown throughout this and how do you like today?
6: Um, you know, it's it's a lot. You know, you got to get a lot of things done, but uh, I'm having fun with it. You know, at the end of the day, like I was just telling them, I'm blessed. Uh, you know, we're all blessed just to be here um, and we're just excited. It just means football is getting closer. Um, we got mini camp this week, so... We're fired up, man.
3: What is it like for you now? You are the veteran. You mentioned before that you, you want to help mentor a Tyree Wilson. Chandler's going to do the same thing. But it's just a different role for you as the face of the franchise.
6: Yeah, definitely. You know, that's uh, that's been a huge focus of mine is just taking that next step as a leader, um, you know, speaking up a little bit more uh, when needed, and uh, just being my full self, you know, not, not, shying, not shying back when I uh, – I, th- I think something is wrong, you know, speaking up, holding everybody accountable and, you know, holding myself accountable because they see what I'm doing on a daily basis and um, they already know I'm not going to leave a box unchecked. So, you know, I've, I feel like I've earned that right to now take that next step and, you know, hold everybody accountable and lead the way I want to lead. So I'm fired up
4: about it. You're the guy now, Max. I mean, wherever you go, it's like the cameras are on. And but but first, give me give me some dad stuff. What, what, what's going on with the baby, and how how how's that uh, how's that going?
6: It's been amazing. You know, yeah. uh, she's not even eight months, and she's flying around the house. <laughs> does, she get... does, she you, does she sleep? she give you? she
4: at night or what?
6: <laughs> she yeah, she's she's getting better. Okay. She's a little inconsistent at times, but um no she's active as can be she's throwing things at me now <laughs> she's trying to talk she's saying dad dada a million times but we're having so much fun with it yeah. uh just seeing her grow has been incredible and so, how has
4: yeah. that change helped uh the dynamics of the off-season workout what you're doing and things like that
6: yeah you know it just every time i come home i know uh I'm gonna <laughs> be ready for war, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's good. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, so I'm gonna
4: go out and run 18 gassers. You oh, know?
6: Yeah. you already <laughs> know. You're supposed to home, right? 100%. <laughs> exactly. I just spend a little bit more time in the hot tub and cold tub. No, but it's it's honestly it's amazing. That's uh, awesome. just seeing her grow, it's been the coolest thing ever. You know, time's flying and everybody says has has said the same thing to me like you don't realize how fast it goes. Yeah. Just t- you know, take advantage of every moment, um, and just you know, be present. And that's that's really all I've been focused on. You know, obviously, you know, besides being in the building, when I'm when I'm out is just being present with my daughter, and it's been it's been really cool. Awesome.
2: So nice. Let's take a look at you with the alumni out at practice, and this means a lot to you. And I've seen that development knowing you since you've come here, and how important these moments were for you with Phil and Craig Townsend. What's it been like, and how much study time do you put into the history of the Raiders? Because all these guys want to see you first when they show up at practice.
6: Yeah, you know, it's, it's something that I really took serious when I came into the league. You know, uh, being a part of the Raiders is not like any other organization, and uh, the history is, is you know, one of a kind. And uh, I've really taken the time to learn about, you know, the past teams and the history of this organization, and there's so many legends and so many guys that really changed the way the game is played. And, uh, you know, like Phil, like Phil and uh, – <laughs> ted Hendricks, and you know being able to like know they're not just them but their families and like taking the time to you know really learn who they are as people and what made them who they were and uh it's been incredible. I remember being in Oakland my rookie year. Well, it was actually Napa for camp, and Phil came and talked to the whole team. And uh, I told, like in that video, I told yeah. him, "I'm like, You're, you changed my mindset." Like he had this speech that was <laughs> it was the wildest <laughs> wildest speech I've ever right, heard. Right. But it really hit home because that's what really what it takes to be you know at that level, be a dominant defense, and those guys are the ones that I look up to, and it's it's incredible.
2: I, I just want to follow up with Ted Hendricks. I'm so happy you said that. Yeah. If you look at his career and what he did off the edge on special teams blocking kicks you've had a little bit of that go on and then just to be a hybrid guy that can go from one side to another your conditioning now what's different i mean you're a big ufc guy what are you changing <laughs> and evolving with when it comes to your conditioning
6: yeah honestly you know that's that's always been something you know people like to point out is you know, being a white DM, the first thing you hear is blue collar, he works hard, big motor, you know, like that's what they talk about. And you really, you know, you can't avoid that. But at the end of the day, like I truly, like my conditioning is something I feel like separates myself from everybody else in the league. And uh, I take it super serious. And, uh, you know, boxing has been a big thing these last two years, you know, doing a lot of boxing, uh, training, which is a whole different type of training, you know, whole body, like – really will take you to a different place, you know, when it comes to conditioning (laughs) and cardio. So, yeah, me, like, for me, I have my, like, base routine of what I do, my extra, you know, you always see me doing the hundreds and, like, gassers and things out to practice. But bringing other guys along with me has been been also a big part of that. And, you know, just exploring. Like, I I went on a 10-mile run when I went to Miami for the UFC fight. um, uh, Hunter Campbell, um, he works with Dana. Uh, he, like, called out the room. He's like, all right, tomorrow morning, you know, I'm going on my runs. And everybody's like, no, nah, we're not going with you. And he's like, we're running 10 miles. And I'm like, all right, screw it. I'll go with you. And what? I've, I've never done anything wow. like that. And I ran 10 miles on Miami, in Miami, like, Hot as like human, and I just I really like this offseason has been just like really testing myself and put myself in in deep waters when I don't know if I can float (laughs) or not, (laughs) and that's just like been a challenge. But that's what it's a direct translation, and I go out on the field and I'm never worried about. All right, do I have to take you know a little bit off and pace myself like? You know, I I feel like I can go all day, and I'm just gotten in better and better shape as, as the years gone on.
3: Speaking of alumni, Matt Millen told me last week that, that you're a guy that looks like a, a Raider, right? Just I mean, just the way that you you t- handle your business. And he said that he t- always told Howie Long that you weren't that good. He's like, H- Howie, you're not that good. You got to keep pushing yourself. <laughs> what do you use to keep pushing yourself? Because you know where you're at, but you always have told me I want to be better. I want to be better. I'm working on my craft.
6: Yeah, honestly, like I'm so far from where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, not only, you know, from a personal standpoint, but as, as an organization, I want to win. Um, that's the number one thing. Um, I put, I, I literally start from in January and I don't stop <laughs> until January. <laughs> and like, I want to be playing in February. I want to yeah. be playing in the biggest games. I want to be on TV. I want everyone to see the work I'm putting in and see yeah. what this team is doing. And, um, you know, I take a lot of pride in that. And, you know, obviously, you know, the money and all that's cool, but like, that's not why I started playing football. I started playing in second grade. I've been playing my whole life. Yep. This is what I've I, I want to do. This is my legacy. I feel like God put me on earth to play football, and be an example um, of overcoming adversity. And like, I really, true, I, I truly believe like this is just the beginning for me i feel like i'm going to take a whole another step this year and in these next five to seven years i'm really going to be entering my prime and being the best version of myself and that's why i take it so serious that's why i talk about my craft and my work ethic and i really talk about it because i take it so serious and i do it on a daily basis and that's all i know and um i really want to maximize my career at the highest level and that's why i put so much into it and um you know i feel like you know my legacy at the end of the day is, is the most important thing what i what i leave um, you know when i'm done is is everything
4: yeah a lot of the young players have similar stories about overcoming adversity on this football team being able to rise and having uh, been always easy for them and i think that's one of the themes that are going on with these younger players what are some of the things that technically you need to work on to reach that level
6: yeah you know uh, i feel like There's not one specific thing that I focus on. It's not like, okay, I'm not good at this. I need to, this is my main focus. I feel like I could do a lot of things at a very high level, but. I always focus on the 1%, like I feel like my routine is great, yeah. but there's always room for improvement no matter what it is. So whether it's football, whether it's my routine, whether it's my nutrition, whether it's pass rush specific, whether it's the run game and how I'm using my hands, like there's always things I could get better at and that's why I'm constantly just watching myself. Like and I talk to the young guys about this, you know, a lot of people talk about film and how do you watch film and what do you do? Like I got this from Rob Marinelli, but he's like the most important film you you need to watch is yourself. Yeah. It's mm. like constantly watch yourself watch your start with your feet and then watch your hands are you active enough are you getting off the ball is your pad level you know what it should be so like I literally just all the time I'm just watching games from last year just over and over and over again and I truly enjoy that and uh I know what it's supposed to look like when I'm at my best and I know Uh when I'm not at my best so I constantly can work on that during the week and in practice and okay Last game, I feel like my pad level was a little bit too high. I feel like I was a slightly hesitant in my pass rush. My get-off was a little bit behind. Uh-huh. That's what I'm going to focus on in the week. So once I'm going to the next game, I'm, the last game is I'm over with and I'm just focused on how I can do better. And uh, I'm constantly – that's just how my mindset is every single day. It's like, all right, if today wasn't 100% perfect, how can I get better tomorrow? And if you just stack that up every single day all year, right. you're going to give yourself the best chance
4: to succeed. To follow up on that, is there any specific player who's playing now or – played in the past that you kind of patterned your game after and then you went to your own thing? Um,
6: Honestly, I I really – I, when I started playing football, like I was a fullback and a, <laughs> a linebacker, and like you know what I mean, I played receiver at one right, point. I played yeah. tight end. Like I played a lot of positions, and I didn't start playing DN until my senior year of high school. Like I hit a big growth spurt. and they're like, "You're not playing linebacker. Right. You're too big <laughs> yeah, and stiff." Yeah. I'm like, "Okay, I need to, you know, whatever." But honestly, I've, I'm a fan of the sport. Like yeah. the history, all the way back to you know. And this is another one. I give credit to Marinelli all the time, but he really. Evolve my, like, mindset when it comes to, like, the history of, the fo- of, of football and just, like, D-line play. Yep. Like, I, I have guys from, like, Doug Atkins to Warren Sapp to, mm-hmm. uh, like, the old-school Vikings with... Uh, Marshall, with, and, yeah, yeah like, Alan Page. Alan Page, like, yeah. all, like, real old-school stuff, but, like, those guys were, like, unicorns. Like, Doug Atkins is, yeah. like, six, eight hurtling people back in the 70s and 80s (laughs) and he ended his career his last play was a sack and got carried off the field like that's legendary and that was way back in the 80s so like I really don't like to you know, just put it with D line. Like I, uh-huh. I, grew up. I was a huge Megatron fan. I was a Lion fan growing up as a kid. Like being a Michigan. I'm
4: sorry, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, trust me. <laughs>
6: I know it was terrible. I'm, I'm glad I'm a Raider. Um, but yeah, like just I, I'm really a fan of the game, and okay. I appreciate every position, and um, I just love the game of football. So yeah, there's not one guy that I'm like, yeah, I want to play like him. Mm-hmm. Like my my vision in my head. Like even when I was in college and high school, like I always like envisioned what my favorite player would look like. And I, I try to just be that. You know, yeah. I want the kids to look at me and be like, right. yeah, I want to play like Max Crosby. And like that's that's like the number one compliment. So like I really try to just I don't try to be anybody. I just be myself yep. on the field. And I, I, you know, the fans see it, my personality, like I'm just 100% me when I'm on the field. And uh, that's what I try to just do every single day.
2: Max, for our listeners and our viewers, how should Raider fans believe now? We hear about Patrick Graham, he wanted faster, more explosive. Dave says smarter players. So players come and go. Denzel Perryman's gone. We talked about Hayward being gone. This is a business. You're a foundation player here. When new players come in, like Spillane and Epps, and you believe this defense is going to evolve and get better, how could we see that? How's that going to happen?
6: Yeah. You know, I, I love the guys that we brought in. Um, I love what we're doing. Um, on the outside world, you know, everybody's going to have an opinion, mm-hmm. especially when you're not winning. They deserve to, you know, have their criticisms. Yeah. I get it. We're six and eleven. Last year. It's not good enough. It's unacceptable. And I take it extremely personal. So, yeah, the fans have a right to be upset. Um, but I know this. I know guys are putting in work right now. We have a close team. Guys are off the field doing things together. And we're doing the right things to put ourselves in a position to be successful. And um, the outside opinions, you know, we appreciate them because at the end of the day, when it's bad, you're going to know it's bad. And when it's good, you're going to know it's good as well. So, um, I've been on the Raiders for four years now. We've been in the playoff one time mm-hmm. in my four years, and that's just not good enough. So I totally understand where the fans are coming from, but I really do love this group. I feel like the coaches um, you know, coaches and players have really looked in the mirror and realized, okay, this is what we need to do. What we did last year was not good enough. Um, and it's simple as that from top to bottom. So if we get a bunch of guys on the same page um, that are bought in on winning, not just individual stats, not just – all right, I'm gonna have my success. I'm gonna be good. If we do it for each other, everybody's gonna have success. Everyone's gonna, you know, do above and beyond of what, you know, the outside world expects. So it's really about just buying in and believing in the guy next to you, and uh, that's gonna give you a great chance to win. And I, and like I said, you know, people have their opinions on what we should do as an organization. We need to draft <laughs> this guy. We're, you yeah. know, we're getting rid of these guys. What are we doing? What are we doing? They get paid for a reason, you know, upstairs, and they and they have a vision of what they want. And I would be crazy if I didn't believe in that. They believe in me. I believe in this team. And I feel like all that matters is the guys in this building putting in the work every single day. And we have to go out there and produce for the fans and and just prove everybody um, that we're a good team and and got a lot going for the future.
3: What have you noticed differently from last year, OTAs? I mean, just I've been out there a couple times, and it looks like you guys are moving around station to station faster. i am noticing you go and kick the ball, make sure you put your foot on the ball and touch it first. It just seems (laughs) like there's just a lot more intensity, even though it's early on.
6: Yeah, you know, uh, I feel like at the end of the day, football is meant to be, it, it, it is a game, and it's meant to, you're supposed to have fun when you're out there. Right. And I feel like that's what a lot of people forget, especially being at this position. You know, everyone, there's a lot of money on the line, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of things going on, but it's football. Football is a simple game played by a bunch of grown-ass men. <laughs> and it's just, you know, you have to truly enjoy it. And if you're not having fun out there, if you're not enjoying it, you're not going to win. Right. If you're always tense, you're worried about, all oh, right, are we not going to do it? If, if you're thinking about it, too much and you're overthinking you're a step behind already and I try to encourage my guys like run into the ball like even in warm-ups like I'm trying to beat everybody and I'm just (laughs) on purpose just to piss them off but like I try to keep a friendly competition I try to keep as many handshakes as possible and like really just try to bring fun into the game because at the end of the day we're working relentlessly everyone's putting in work everyone takes it serious um but at the end of the day, you got to have fun. You watch the Warriors, they've won four titles, they're out there having fun, smiling, flying around, yeah. and they trust each other. And that's what it's really about, like, being on the same page, having fun, and just working together and never leaving a guy behind. And that's that's been my mentality, not leaving any box unchecked, bringing the guys with me. If we're going to do extra runs. It's a cult. Y'all are doing it with me. And right. If you don't do it one day, you're done. You're not doing it. The grip <laughs> workout's the same thing. We have an army of people in there right. doing the extra grip workout with me. And, like, that's what it's really about is just having fun with it but also realizing you can't let your teammates down. you got to be there every single day. Yeah.
2: Max, one more quick one. What do you want to do in the community? I know how much this community means to you. You mentioned Michigan back home. In about a minute or two, how do you want to wrap this up with how you want to evolve and grow in the community?
6: Um, yeah, so – I got a big announcement coming. Um, okay. I'll let all the details and yeah. all that come out, but I, I'm starting my first uh, my uh, foundation. Awesome. Um, yeah, nice. I'm having my foundation, and I'm super fired up about it. Um, we're gonna do a lot of things. It's gonna cover a lot of ground, but you know, focus on uh, mental health, um, teen addiction, animal rescue, um, covering a lot of things. But uh, I'm starting that up. I'm really fired up about it. Awesome. Um, be be able to help you know people not only in Las Vegas but all over, um, from Michigan to Texas and Um, you know, just be able to give back in the way I want to. So we're going to be doing a lot of great things. Uh, They'll be announced uh, here in the next week or so. And I'm super fired up about it. But yeah, you know, it's all about giving back at the end of the day. Last week, I was able to talk to 30 kids who just graduated, um, dealing with teen addiction. kids, you know, going through what I went through and seeing them, you know, kids having four months sobriety, a year sobriety um, being able to stand in a room with them and talk um, and share my story is really what it's all about and just giving back. So, yeah, you know it's an honor every time I get to do it Um, that's why, you know, after my first year of sobriety, I came out and told my story about, you know, how I got clean is because I can come back and help somebody out and yeah. I'm able to do that every single day and it's honestly is the greatest you know greatest thing I've, I feel like I've accomplished in my life
2: thanks for awesome, the extended man. time we know you're yep. busy thank you
6: yes sir I appreciate oh, you guys
2: Max Crosby joining us as we continue right here on Raiders Roundtable Roundtable presented by America First Credit Union, JTQ, Eric Allen and Senator Andre James kind enough to join us and Andre great for giving us a few minutes really appreciate it you got to like this you've been here a little bit now content day media to see everybody out there get some pictures how you feeling?
7: Yeah, feeling good, man. Uh, it's you know my fifth time doing this, so uh, just trying to get it to fly by and having fun, man. <laughs> Make it go fast. Yeah, trying to. What
2: about the new players, especially on the old line and the guys? Now that you're a veteran, you're trying to break in. Explain to them what happens every day in this building.
7: Yeah, it's going good. We got a couple of new faces, but uh, you know for the most part we're we're able to return a lot of guys, which is you know really exciting. It's it doesn't happen all the time, so we're just super excited to build on pretty much how we finished last year running the ball and you know teach some of the younger guys are coming up in that room and uh, yeah we're excited got a really good room
3: how important is that to build that continuity you know you, you guys really established it about halfway through the season and they were able to go the rest of the way to know that those guys are coming back you guys are all, all able to be on the same page early
7: yeah right you know building that especially as a position like o-line right having that having that um you know familiarity you know playing with guys you haven't played with a lot it's it's, it's really important so we're excited
4: yeah. yeah talk to us a little about that room right the offensive lineman's room is always different. That, you know, as a corner, you know, I'm yeah. walking from lunch, going through. You walk past the offensive line room. You guys are in there. It's dark. You guys are cracking jokes and stuff. Talk a little about the makeup of the offensive line room.
7: You know, I mean, we we got a we got a lot of big personalities in there. Yeah. It makes it makes it, it makes it fun. Right. So when we get together, it's it's always going to be good food. Uh-huh. And when we're around, there's always going to be snacks. There's always going to be jokes being a lot cracked. of snacks. So, right. Yeah, a lot of snacks. We make sure the rookies are stay on top of that. Your so.
2: conditioning looks great. What's changed from last off season to here? What have you been working
7: on? Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, I work. I stay here pretty much all off season. Right. I work with uh, AJ Nival and his crew. They do a fantastic job of you know keeping us in shape. Uh, the workouts are amazing. So I'm I'm pretty much been with him my whole career since I'm a Raider, and you know him and his staff are amazing. Uh, tops, or hats off to them.
3: You know you got this building. You mentioned being here all off season. How nice is it to have this building where you can do that, be here all off season, and really right. get the work and everything you need.
7: You know I tell I I try to get as much of the younger dudes i can to be like hey this is a great place to be um free food you're not paying for training, like what you're in Vegas. What else? What, what, what else would you need? So I mean, this I, I love being here all off season. It, it's great.
4: My guy. Yeah. <laughs> if it ain't free, it
3: ain't me, exactly.
7: right? Exactly. 100. That's me all day. Yeah. Every,
4: every off season, like all the players, you have something that you want to work on, right? right. What, what was it this year for you that you wanted to to get better at? I think for me, uh, just being able to understand the offense,
7: I think, oh, is, okay. is, a, is a big thing. Yeah. Uh You know, on a mental. It's like, especially as a center. Uh, yeah, th- it was a lot coming in. Uh, it, was, it was, it was just different coming in okay. you know, to the system, and so to be able to build on that as like how we finished last year and understanding the system more uh, is is really big for me.
4: Okay, to follow up, don't give us any secrets, but <laughs> like, how was that different from you know one specific? Because people think you're just snapping the ball, right? right. But this system totally different from the previous system, and right. how kind of. You know what I mean? It's Denver, so... in the last system, I
7: was in charge of a lot of the mic calls and, and a lot of maybe the redirection calls as far right. as, like, pass protection. Yep. this It is a lot more on the quarterback as far as mic protection, but uh, the the fronts and understanding the idea, there's still a lot on the center. And, and, okay. and communication and being able to get it out quicker mm-hmm. it, it is very important. Okay, yeah. know, A
2: lot of people say that, and I think it's true, that Jim Otto is one of the greatest football players of all time, one of the most important Raiders ever to play. Mm. You're a center, and I know there's a lot of history in this build. But Dave Dalby, the other centers who played the position, the history that you're now Taking in because that's what you do here. When you hear about Jim Otto pops, he's in the building, he's in a wheelchair, but he continues to come out here on game day. What does that mean to you?
7: Well, I mean, it means a lot, honestly. Uh, we had an alumni day a uh, few days, you know, ago, and it, it, was, it was so great to be around these guys and you know, kind of pick their brains about like, you know, what was their mentality about going in the game. You know, it, it was awesome. That was the first time, we, you know, we've really done something like that, and to see all these legendary dudes come in and just be able to talk to them and just, you know, get their feedback, what, what they thought, you know, their mindset, like what I was saying. It, it was awesome. No, they so. got the
2: drone. Hold on a second. Got the drone. <laughs> I hear it. So I, you know, I hear it, it. somewhere. Player that we have the drone. So for those who are watching, listening, we have the drone. We're bringing everything
3: in. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hearing the drone. I'm yeah. hearing it. But those legends, those, those, those alumni, they were out there at OTAs, and they were able to observe practice, and, and some of the media and uh, myself was out there. You guys look like you're moving around to station to station a lot faster. It seems like there's more tempo than there was a year ago. What's been different from OTAs this year as opposed to last year? Uh,
7: You know, I think understanding, we have a lot of returning players, but like I was saying, especially on the O-line. Now we're able to, I think, understand the drills and understand like. the techniques and stuff, what these coaches are asking. So we're able to move around because we're more confident. We understand the drills a little yeah. more. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's a little different when you're just out there for the first time. You're like, I don't know where the hell I'm going.
4: So it, it's, a lot, it's a lot better now. Right.
7: You know, we're able to move around a lot better.
4: You guys had the league-leaning rusher last year yeah. i mean how do you how do you back that up coming back this year
7: you know it's hard but you can only want to duplicate it again yeah you know what i mean right. it, it was an awesome job i thought josh it, it made our job easier blocking for a dude like that uh-huh. it, you want to block for a guy like that who who's going to hit it downhill he's going to hit it fast it's it's it fun so you know what i mean we're just going like i said we're just going to keep trying to build on what we you know we tried to finish on last year and just keep going man yeah
2: when does a moment like that hit with you statistically you want to win every game. We know that. But all of a sudden, there's some chirping going on. It's week 12, 13. We got the leading rusher. We know we're going to get a gift if we finish this year. I mean, <laughs> when does it start coming around that you have so much pride and honor you want to get him to the finish line? That is a great achievement, single achievement record to have every year for a running back.
7: Oh, yeah, no doubt. And especially for... Offensive line, you want to be able yes. to run the ball. That's that's <laughs> right. offensive lineman's mindset because then it makes it makes the pass pro a lot easier when they're having to worry about play action and all that stuff. So it, it's fun. I mean, that's what offensive lineman you want you want to hang your hat on is that that rushing title. So
3: take take us back to Seattle with the walk off run from Jacobs. The long run. You <laughs> nah, as a center, nah, nah, and you're, nah, yeah. you're seeing twenty eight. All you oh, see yeah. is his back of his jersey.
7: <laughs> that was. I'll tell you what, man. That, it was a long game, and uh, I think that was like honestly like one of the first drives we had. It, and, uh, you know, I I, I, was, I remember just blocking my guy, and I, I saw him hit that hole. And he just, I just saw his back, and he was running. And I, I was like, please don't get caught. Please don't get caught. Please don't get caught. And, he, you know, he housed it, and it was the rest was history.
4: Yeah. So for was a it. center, what's the highlight moment of a game? Like, when you're going uh, to the game, what's a highlight moment for you as a center? Uh, you know what? I think um,
7: whenever you're able to communicate – communicate clearly and everyone's working on the same page Mm -hmm. that that's the best part because you know like I said a lot is a lot is on the center and to have all those five guys on the same page as far as the blocking scheme and everything that's that's what you can kind of hang your hat on as a center so
2: a Vegas question. We've asked all the guys this. You saw the Golden Knights the other night. I was with you for that. That was mm-hmm. Stanley Cup game one. Oh, yeah, awesome game. And you got a spread. And you're watching it. And then you see alumni day was amazing, the dinner that you were a part of and all that. What's changed for you in Vegas now that you have roots in this city? What What do you like about the community?
7: Man, I, I really love this city. You know, I, I've been here since we first moved here, originally in Oakland for a year. But uh, the city showed a lot of love, and we, we felt that right when we got here. Um, it's been awesome. They definitely opened uh, opened us with welcomings. So, uh, man, it, it's awesome. We we love – there's a lot of good food. There's always something to do here. <laughs> yeah. So, as an offensive lineman, you got to love the, the food that's in this yeah. city. I yeah, can't be mad about fine that. Fine
8: dining in It always gets back to
3: the
2: food, right? Yeah. It always yeah. gets back to the food. I, I feel like I've been talking about it for all this damn meeting. So. <laughs> well, that's
4: great. Yeah. So,
2: as we wrap this up, expectations this year. You guys had a real chip last year because you were working out the rotation. You were in it, but it was six, seven guys going into the preseason. You bring in some younger guys that you guys being familiar with each other. What's the message for the fans coming off six wins to know you could turn this around really quickly with an explosive offense?
7: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just coming to work every day with with a mindset of just getting better. So, I mean, that's what we do. We just have a bunch of workhorses every day that are just coming in here. We're pushing each other. Um, I can speak to the offensive line room. It, it, it's a great room, and we're all, we're willing to work and willing to put in, you know, whatever it takes, you know, to to be better and to do what it, what it needs to take, man. So, I'm excited.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks for yep. doing this. We yeah, really Yeah, thank you for having me, All right. Absolutely. Andre James, everybody, Andre, James. as we continue here, as we're talking about the offensive line, everything that's happening overall, he's going to get going. More pictures, more work. Thanks oh, again yeah. for doing this. <laughs> thank appreciate you. Really. Thank you, my you man. Can just tell. The focus and the leadership yeah, yeah. of yeah. what he's been doing uh-huh. now, year five. And I, I like what he said at the end. started in Oakland. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. We know how important. You're a Bay Area yeah. guy. How yep. important that is. You know, the connection to the Oakland Raiders right. and the move to Vegas. He's a good – it doesn't feel like he's been around that long. It really oh, doesn't. It. It. it really doesn't. It, it, but that. it's he's like, advanced. man, like, this is my fifth one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I, I think to me, and I don't know him well, but the conditioning is a difference. He it just looks like. He looks like he's yeah. a little bit more – trim and Mm -hmm. and bigger and stronger than that valuable position.
4: Yeah, and again, I like the fact that he's kind of letting us know how important that center position is. Right. You know, we automatically assume offensively the quarterback is just, you know, does everything, but the center has so much responsibility to make sure that the blocking schemes are correct and the the mic is picked up and kind of identifies, you know, where the running strength is for his football team. Uh, He has a uh, Good head on his shoulders and doing it the right way. Yeah,
2: and Dylan Parham's in the room. Yeah. And he's a center, too. Yep. Uh, And he's evolved to play multiple positions. I think Andre is super important this year because Jimmy G is not getting the reps now, and we're all expecting Jimmy G to be back. Yeah. So whatever they're doing in film study, it's very important because the limited amount of time, because they're not going to see Jimmy G much in the preseason. Right, right. Right. So they have to get a lot of work in queue. It's going to be very important. Their chemistry is hitting. Those first couple of games on the road in yep. loud environment. Exactly,
3: Com- uh, communication and, and chemistry. Yeah. Those are going to be the two biggest things. And he touched on that, you know, talking about the communication. And last year, it took so so, so long for them to find who their starting five was going to be consistently. Yeah. Now they know that this year, so at least that will help in that in that communication. They just got to build that chemistry with Jimmy.
2: I love the double zero, though. You got to go to talk about. Oh it God, yeah You know, it mean. was you know going back to Max. He mentioned Ted Hendricks and Phil. And then he mentioned Greg Townsend. Well, Greg Townsend has the franchise record for sacks. Everyone thinks it's Howie Long. No, it's mm-hmm. Greg Townsend. Yeah. yeah, And when you think of Jim Otto and what he was able to do, and EA, the history of this franchise is he was there and took us all the way and, and retired before the Super Bowl. But all the big games that Otto was in and Freddie B before they broke through, Jim wasn't there on that Super Bowl roster, but he was the heart and soul of yes. those old Oakland Raider teams back there. And he, he I feel like he gets that. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and there's a great iconic player at each position, basically. Right. You know, we're talking about Raiders yeah. alumni, yeah. someone you can kind of look at and kind of wrap your – Uh, arms around and say, hey, you know what? If I really want to play the game the right way, I can look at a guy who wore the uh, silver and black who was right there in in the room on Alumni Day. So this is a, again, goes back to the traditions Mm -hmm. of this football team and the type of football players that have come through uh, this Raiders organization. It's just incredible. You know,
2: Q, what's interesting, I know you talk, we both on radio talk to the pro football focus guys. Now that you play offensive line, you're graded, right? I mean, every snap. Every year, every snap. They have is people yep. watching you directly, yep. and his improvement is really important there. And as we wrap it up with the offensive line, EA, you pointed out how great they were in the run game. He was proud to say that. Q, I think the passing game now mm-hmm. they got to get better. Yep. They're not an elite right. passing team when it comes to that offensive line. I think the expectations as they come back in the units together another year together they'll right. improve,
3: and that's the, that's the next step. Yeah. It really is, and, and also having a quarterback that you know is going to get the ball in your hand, his hands quickly, right, and accurately, and knowing the system. It goes back to knowing the system as yeah. well. It's all got to be one one good great unit, and again, it goes back to the chemistry. They've all got to develop yeah. that chemistry so they could be on the same page. Yeah, it has to be.
2: I'm looking at the depth. There's some undrafted guys, right? In. He talked that about are going to compete. Coming. These guys are going to compete they too. They are going to compete. Yeah. One thing we we learned many things last year about. Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, the best players going to play. Yes. If they got to take a rotation out <laughs> to seven players on the O-line. Hey. They did that for a reason. Right. They thought that, and we'll wrap that up, EA, they thought there was competition coming out of the preseason. I don't know, what was that up until week five? five yeah, yeah. Yeah. Until we they safe. said okay, we're going with you guys. Yeah,
4: and that's important for the guys in the room to understand, man, if I have a great week of practice, mm-hmm. I have an opportunity to play. There's countless players who have Lost control of that dynamic, being in rooms where, hey, they're just gonna play this guy until he's hurt. Right. I mean, they, they're rolling this guy out. You know, his, his leg is halfway off, and they're mm-hmm. still rolling him out because the number and the name on the back of the jersey. It's not like that here, no. right? You got to perform. You play. You compete. You have an opportunity to play.
2: When we come back, we're gonna get into it on the defense. Got a new safety in Epps who played in every game for a Super Bowl contending team in Philadelphia last year. We'll talk to him as we continue on Raiders Roundtable. On Raiders Roundtable, brought to you by America First Credit Union, J.T.Q. Eric Allen and Marcus Epps joins us, newest member of the Silver and Black. Thanks so much for doing this. And as we were saying off camera before you came on, you played so many games last year for a great organization. You didn't come off the field, and then you get rewarded by coming to this franchise to help as a trusted player. How's that responsibility feel?
9: Honestly, it feels it feels really good. I mean, you know. From my, my journey, it's kind of always been, you know, just being the underdog from, you know, being a walk-on in college to six-round pick. So, you know, I really felt, it, it felt like this offseason, like all that hard work was, was coming together. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a blessing to have this opportunity um, that this, this organization, I mean, storied franchise, they, they, they see that trust in me and, and for them to come get me, it, it felt really good.
3: Do you consistently remind yourself about that journey to keep that, that fire burning?
9: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I always want to have that chip on my shoulder. Um, I always want to feel like I have something to prove. Um, you know, I never want to be complacent. I always want to keep that hunger and keep that drive and keep, keep working and striving for more.
4: Yeah, it seems like the Raiders have a bunch of guys like that who's had to overcome adversity. Talk a little about last year and how uh, each week you have to play at your best. Uh, each week you have to get that secondary kind of in the perfect position to make those plays. Talk to us about the journey, the, the successes and some of the failures.
9: Yeah, you know, it was a really fun year last year. Obviously, it didn't end the way um, we wanted it to, but, you know, had a lot of fun playing football with that group of guys. And, you know, it's like you said, I mean, in the NFL, it, it's a week by week thing, um, you know, whether. You won the week before or you lost the week before you gotta, you know, stay level headed. You can't you can't look too far in advance on the schedule. You can't look in the past. You gotta bring that same fire, that energy each week. Um, and you know, be prepared or you can lose any any given Sunday. So, you know, you gotta kinda um, have that just stay here, stay even killed throughout the season, stay focused and, and keep working each week. We're
2: uh, watching a couple of your plays here on the B roll, making it deep in the end zone behind the line of scrimmage. How do you describe your play, the, the running game, and especially being on the back end and being a ball hawk at times? What's the best description of the style you play?
9: Um, for me, I like to think of myself as a, a, a pretty versatile DB. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I can play free or strong. I feel like I can slide down in the slot and play nickel if I ever needed to. Um, but that's just, you know, that's, that's for my work ethic in the offseason of just always trying to sharpen my tools, sharpen my skill set so that, You know, anywhere I'm asked to play on the field, I feel comfortable, Um, whether it's in the box, whether it's deep in coverage, low in coverage in the slot. You know, I want to feel comfortable. So, you know, I make sure to put that work in um, in the offseason to always sharpen my skill set.
3: How much have you uh, uh, embraced that leadership role also in that in that secondary room now being brought in as a free agent?
9: Yeah, it's been cool, man. Honestly, you know coming in I just wanted to make sure that I was being myself you know first and foremost I wanted to make sure I was really getting to know the guys and making an effort to get to get to know everyone in the room um you know and then I feel like I feel like that that leadership comes it, it's got to come naturally right. you know, I didn't want to come into the room and try to like really force it I just wanted to you know develop those relationships and you know be a part of the group um, so you know so far it's been it's been going really good um, everybody's been very welcoming um, I think we got a real good group of guys so I'm excited to see what we can do this year
4: man you're always around the ball I mean it just you, know, you pop on the film you're always in the right spot always around the ball uh, and it's not easy. Right in this league, because everyone's looking at you as far as opponents checking film out. How are you able to stay consistently around the ball?
9: Uh, I think it's just film study. Um, you know, you gotta each week you gotta make sure that you're prepared. I mean, if if, if you can come in prepared, if you know what the offense is going to do, it makes it a lot easier out there. Um, so I think that's what I would attribute to the most is film study.
4: Yeah. So to follow up, what are the what are the steps? Did you come into the league like that? When did you learn
9: it? If you didn't. And how have you continued to do that? Um, Honestly, I feel like that's been one of the things of, you know, as a young player, it's kind of like sometimes when I was young, I would feel myself watching film, but kind of be like, (laughs) "What am I watching?"
8: Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) I
9: don't don't really know like what I'm watching, what I'm picking up Uh on. Um, You know, I feel like the last two seasons is when I've really gotten into a good, a really good routine of, you know, watching cutups, knowing what I'm looking for, whether it's. Play action pass, boot, third down, um, things like that. You know, my my previous DB coach, um, Denard Wilson, he helped me out a lot with that of just you know how to watch film, um, the certain ways to put on the tape, how he did it. And, you know, I've kind of just the past two seasons I've stuck with that, have my routine now, and it's helped me out a lot. You know,
2: Marcus, I was excited when they brought you in quickly because it's a need.
9: Mm-hmm. And there's some
2: good players here, and you're gonna mentor some of them, but Patrick Graham needs someone like you to kind of flip this thing quickly. We just had Max on. He's fantastic. And Chandler Jones, Tyree Wilson goes number seven overall. Robert Spillane comes in with the green dot. But you're really important because this thing's got to change. There's got to be some interceptions, some fumbles, take it back the other way and get that angry defense going. You just played on one of those defenses what was that like what can you bring to this organization coming off your recent success playing on a defense that was just flat out nasty
9: honestly i think a lot of that is it's, it's really just a mindset mm-hmm. and you know it doesn't it doesn't just happen in the games it starts in practice and i feel like you know right now it's early right but i feel like we've come we've come in with a good mindset you know i've seen the improvement you know day in and day out of you know guys really making an effort to, to learn the defense um to get more comfortable with the different coverages that we're running so i think that's where it starts right of just knowing you know how you can play different coverages um and whatnot and then from there it's just a mindset of bringing that that attitude um each and every day in practice of you know i'm gonna go get the ball so you know once it once you start doing that it just becomes becomes habit and, um, you know, good things start happening in the games.
3: You know, you talk about you You see it developing, you see it getting better. There was a play, I think, last Thursday maybe in OTAs where a ball was tipped, it dropped to the ground, and two plays later a ball was tipped. And I think Trayvon Merrick came away with it and took it the other way. Is that part of the the conversations even being had in the secondary room? Like, get to that ball. You got to yeah, get to that ball.
9: Yeah, definitely. And that's what, you know, PG's been talking about it a lot. Um, Coach Ash, Simo, you know, they've all been talking about, you know, getting our hand on the ball, um, you know, and just going out there and making plays. You know, that's what, what they're trying to do with the defense this year is give us a little bit more freedom um, on the back end to go make plays. So, you know, I'm really excited about, you know, how we're taking those steps every day. Um, and you know I'm really excited about what we can do this year. Yeah, now, I'm we, looking
2: at the list here. You know Chris Smith comes in at Georgia, winning the titles, and I see USC, Miami, and then Wyoming. Right. So take us through the transition from high school to college. You talked about your situation here. You've had this chip for a long, long time. What was the big moment for you in either high school or college where you thought, Yeah, I can do this. I could be a pro eventually.
9: You know, as crazy as it sounds, it's crazy to sound this you know i've always just felt that way you know just since i was a kid in in pop warner man i've always just you know had that thought in my mind like you know this is what i want to do so i'm going to make it happen um and i've never let anybody you know deter me from that from that mindset i've never let anybody you know I've never let anybody else's expectations of me come on to me. I've never let anybody else's disbelief in me change the way I feel about myself. Nice. Um, so, you know, I've just from there, I've just always kept it going. I've always made sure I put the work in and, you know, I've just continued to get better. So
4: That's that California cool, JT.
9: You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's the California, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, EA,
2: well, it's interesting because you played with Jerome Brown and Reggie White. Yeah, You're one of the yeah. great Eagle defensive backs of all time. What I love about this situation here we're going to ask you about the legends who played here mm. so Lester Hayes yeah and you look at the defensive backs Mike Haynes and then the safeties who have played over the years Charles Woodson was yeah. having a conversation with George Atkinson the other night about Jack Tatum mm-hmm. and Charles the Michigan legend who was from Ohio yeah. was hearing George talk about Jack when you hear about Jack Tatum and the players that were around that alumni weekend did that yeah. resonate with you who have played in this defensive backfield over the decades
9: yeah definitely and then even um you know last Thursday when we had that that alumni dinner yeah. and just you know hearing you know all the guys talk about you know the history of this franchise I mean you know there's there's a lot of culture here um there's a lot of history here of you know winning and you know I mean it's one of the most storied franchises in the league for sure so you know it's just it's a blessing to be able to to be able to play for this franchise, especially being an LA guy, I know how many, how big uh, the Raiders fans are back yeah. home. So you know, I'm really excited, really excited to be back on the West Coast, be close to home, and, and play for this well, organization.
2: There's more, there's more Raider fans in LA yeah, still I know. <laughs> yeah. than Ram and Chargers <laughs> right. fans, no doubt. Yeah. Facts. But I gotta ask you a big one about the fans, because Eagle fans. Raider fans, hey, there are similarities. Hey, yeah, yeah. there are, yes. As a matter of fact, I'd say that might be one of the biggest similarities. Yeah. What was it like to deal with the Eagle fans game day afterwards, critical or positive in your play? And now Raider fans, very similar. They're notorious is the word you hear a lot. They're mm-hmm. demanding. They're really smart. They're going to expect the best out of you.
9: Yeah, you know, I've really, I've kind of learned to, uh, you know, block out the expectations that are outside of this building. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, the expectations that are the most important are the ones that are in this building. Because, um, you know, it's it's hard to see everything that's going on when you're not inside this building. Right. So, um, you know, I know the the work that we put in as a team. I know the work that, that you know that we put in together, what we strive for. Um, so, you know, I think those are the most important things um, to, to remember is just. What's in the building is what is what matters most.
2: Well, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Have a healthy year. Really excited you're here. Appreciate Appreciate it, it, yes, sir. There he is, Marcus Epp's newest addition to the silver and black. There's the drone. (laughs) The drone. There it (laughs) is. More (laughs) drone coverage coming up. There you go. (laughs) Right here, Raiders Roundtable as we continue. Wrapping it up on Raiders Roundtable presented by America First Credit Union. What a day today. What a day. Exciting to be here. What an honor it is to be a part of this podcast on YouTube. What we'll be doing all day long on Raider Nation Radio and all the guests that have come by from Dave Ziegler, Max Crosby, Brian Hoyer, Andre James. We just had Marcus Epps on. And the one big takeaway from me before I get to the schedule, EA, is the calmness around this place. You know, At times, the fans aren't calm. We deal with that on the front lines, and I understand why. Max point at best, 6-11, and 11, you want to be better. Everybody has a buy-in here. They really do. They believe in this coach, this GM, and the system. Now they got to get going, and a lot of that's going to have to do with the schedule. Like it or not, they're going to have to come out flying this year.
4: They will, and this is so important to establish the foundation right mm-hmm. now whether that is uh, individually, as a unit, understanding the system, so important to put that groundwork in now so at the beginning of the season you're in a very positive, you know, you have opportunities to win football games early on. Uh, last year, obviously, everyone's getting new to the system. We had some shake with the offensive line, the injuries. This year, everything right now looking
3: really swell. And the attendance at OTAs has been great. I mean, we, we all know that they're voluntary, but they should be attended. Yeah, you better they be should, Yeah, you better be there. <laughs> yeah. But they are. And yeah. they're there, and yeah. they're working, and they're putting in the work, and especially the leaders like a Devontae and a Max. And I'm seeing these guys, like I said, kind of lead their position groups. I think that's real important moving forward.
2: Let's take a look at the schedule here, and, you know, they say the good, the bad, the ugly. I don't see there's any ugly here. I got the great the good, and the okay. The great for me is the primetime games. I went nuts last year. I thought we got the raw end of that deal. Yeah, yeah, We didn't agreed. have enough home yep. marquee games. What I don't like is I don't like Denver first and last, too far in between. I don't like Kansas City so close, week 12 and right. week 16. Yeah. And the toughest part of the schedule is the home openers for Denver and Buffalo, EA. So not only did the Raiders have to come out quickly, they have to come out quickly on the road, mm-hmm. and that's hard to do. You played at the highest level in this league. We've yeah. really beat Denver up over the last three yes. or four years, but that's Sean Payton's first game.
4: Yeah, and in the locker room and in this building, because the success that we've had against Denver, mm-hmm. we're going con- to be confident. Yeah. And, that, and that really bodes well for the whole offseason, knowing that a team that you have beat up on, mm-hmm. we're going to face week one. That makes the workouts, that makes the training afterwards, the conditioning so much easier, JT, as a player, knowing, like, man, we've kicked these dudes' butts. So you know what? I'm going to go out here and finish practice with three or four gassers or some hundreds or whatever it may be because I know we've beat these guys before. And if I'm in top shape and we play our game, we're going to beat these guys again. So that is really important. I know they have a tremendous coaching change and they're very positive up there, Mm -hmm. but our standpoint – the same helmet, same uniform, mm-hmm. same fan base, we're going to kick their butt.
3: What do you think about the fact that Jarrett Stedham is there, and obviously the only only system he's ever been in is yeah. Coach McDaniels, and they agreed to a deal with him before the Raiders even agreed to a deal with Jimmy G. So obviously they wanted him. How much of a role will he play leading into that week one game?
4: Well, I, I think with our team and uh, this system, this system is really based on the weakness of the opponent. Right. So whatever weakness we see in that Broncos defense, mm-hmm. we're going to try and exploit that. Right. And, and so Stidham may say, hey, you know what? You guys are not very good in the middle of the field on third down. So it'll be. But he's not going to have an idea, gotcha. you know, what's going to happen. And Devontae Adams don't care either. <laughs> All right, Let's get to the most
2: anticipated games because this schedule is absolutely loaded. Home, primetime games. Q Myers, I'm going to start off with you. We'll take a look right here. Give us your most unique game, the game you anticipate the most?
3: I'm really looking at that first home game. You know, yeah. so it's a primetime game. It's against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know their fans travel well. I think the Raiders or, as an organization, as a team, need to start establishing their dominance at home. They've got to start winning a bunch of games consistently at Allegiant Stadium and let it be known that if you come to Allegiant Stadium, there's a good chance you're going to go home with an L. And that includes with the fans as well. Pittsburgh's going to be a tough out, and that's the first one of the 2023 season. So that's the one I'm really anticipating again in primetime as well.
4: Yeah, I, I, I tell you, the, the Steelers always play well defensively-minded mm-hmm. football team. Yeah. Uh, give you a lot of different looks defensively. Of course, Watt's going to be able to get out. He's one of the best edge guys in the yeah. National Football League. That's going to be great to see Watt and our guy Crosby kind of going at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to come down to you have a young quarterback in the Steelers. Right. Can our defensive backfield get some – early right. to kind of limit what they're
3: doing big play-wise. I'll tell you what, JT, it'll be a lot warmer than it was last year when they played a right? <laughs> no <laughs>
4: doubt
2: Jeez. about it. And, and that, game, that game bothered me. That was the Franco Harris game. Yeah, yeah. Raiders really needed it and came up short. But EA talked yeah. about a young quarterback and what they have here with Pickett. That's got to give us an advantage to it go has win to. that game. It's a, Q made a good point. I think two out of the top four or five travel teams in nfl history pittsburgh's either one or two with the dallas cowboys the raiders are in the top three four or five so pittsburgh's going to want to come they're going to want to buy tickets they're going to want to get in the building they're going to bring the terrible towels and depending on what the raiders do in those first two games because the buffalo game is brutal yep. that's just a tough game because yeah. it's the bills home opener so the raiders i'm hoping they're playing with house money coming off a denver win mm-hmm. and going in there loose and then you got to turn around and come home but you know i'm happy you picked this game because it's a prime time game and yeah. the raiders should be getting prime time games but you're not going to get them if you win six games and I thought they rewarded the Raiders this year. They gave them a couple of more primetime games. Right. Raiders have to take advantage of that space.
3: There's no doubt. I was surprised that they were yeah. awarded with as many primetime games as they did. And I'm glad, like you said, put them on display. Maybe maybe the league knows a little bit more than, than, yeah. than others think, <laughs> right? Because, again, usually you put the teams that they expect to make a super deep run on the primetime games. But, one, the Raiders have a team that's up and coming. They obviously have stars on it. And then there's also some teams that they're playing that are going to be high-profile games like this one, this and, Pittsburgh game. And,
4: and that building over there. There. right it is beautiful yes yes no doubt.
2: all right we call it ease keys now this is a <laughs> chance to give a. well i don't know what this is going to be this is your most anticipated game yeah. let's get to it
4: what else what else Where am we? everybody knows ea is going with the chargers right because we hate those chargers <laughs> can't stand those chargers and every time every year at the beginning of the season You know, they have the odds for the Super Bowl. They have the great quarterback, Mm -hmm. the receiving core, the linebackers, the defensive secondary. And every year it's an opportunity for us Raiders to punish that powder blue, for us to punish that football team. Again, fan base. We love to get after this football team, the Chargers. Yes, they have an amazing young quarterback, Keenan Allen, Big Mike Williams. They have a new offensive coordinator who came from Dallas, thinks going to help uh, their quarterback get to the next level. You, Austin Eckler there is a, mm-hmm. is a throwback type of running back. Mm-hmm. All three downs. Derwin James at safety. They have so many outstanding players name. We need to find a way to keep this football team under us. We can't have this football team in the playoffs.
2: Couple of things. We know that the game at the Chargers is a home game for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. It is when yes. it comes to crowd size. Not yeah. even close. Right. The Chargers, one of these years, are going to get it right because they're always injured. It's either Mike Williams or Keenan Allen are out. Yes. Derwin James is out. One of these games, everyone's going to play. Right. And right. they're going to be they're going to be better than expected here. But the Chargers lost a game where they were up twenty-seven and nothing in yeah. the playoffs to Jacksonville. Yep. Okay. It wasn't one of the greatest teams of all time. I don't know what that sting must be like because if they were up, you know, 10 and lost or twenty-one seventeen, I get it. That was one of the biggest collapses in NFL playoff history by a pretty good team. Mm -hmm. And that ended their season, and that fueled their offseason. That's a very interesting game you pick here. I think they're going to come in as good as we've ever seen them on paper.
4: And that goes back to last year with those questionable situations and comebacks from the head coach. Mm -hmm. So right now when you're talking about hot seat, you're talking about a young quarterback who has talent around him and a coach who has struggled a little bit with holding leads. Mm -hmm. He's on the hot seat this year. It's very important that first game that we put it on him to increase that hot seat for that football team. You
3: know, I think that's a good point. And and when you brought up Kellen Moore, the new offensive coordinator, I'm interested to see how that dynamic works. He's a guy that when I covered him with the the Cowboys, he wasn't running the ball a whole lot. He had some guys that could get it done. He likes to throw that rock a lot.
2: All right, now I get to my most anticipated game. There you, go. Game. <laughs> there you go. It's a game after you two guys, but early in the season. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers game oh. for a couple of reasons. Okay. I think it's going to be an important moment in the season. Mm-hmm. We're either out of the gate or it's a little bit, you know, we're 2-2, two two, whatever yeah. it is. For the Raiders to win and have another primetime game here at Allegiant Stadium early Monday night, there's no Aaron Rodgers. There's yeah. Devontae here going up against Jordan Love. Raiders have to win this game and they have to make a statement. Yeah. And this statement, because when we get to the middle of the schedule, I think that's where all Raider fans believe they can go on a run. They could win four out of five, five out of six, five out of seven. First part of the schedule is tough. I don't think we're getting a breather anywhere, but this is a game we have to win okay. because Jordan Love is coming in and mm-hmm. it's not Aaron Rodgers' cue. And this defense, is you're going to know about Patrick Graham's defense. If right. A young guy who hasn't played could come in here and put up points. This has got to be the first game, or maybe the second game of the year, where the Raider defense dominates and walks Great off point. the field. At home well, with it goes win.
3: back to what EA said about a young quarterback when he was talking about Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. You get a young quarterback that hasn't played a lot of football, and Jordan Love. There could be opportunities to make more plays, right? So again, that, going back to Patrick Graham's defense, that could be a, a that could be on full display that game.
4: Yeah. That's where the length of that defensive line, Mm -hmm. you're talking Mm -hmm. Jones, you're you're talking Tyree, you're talking Max, all that length up front. So if you don't get there because it's a little mobile, you can get those hands up, get some batted balls, some tips and overthrows, things like that from a young quarterback who hasn't seen the type of pressure he's going to be under when he comes and plays this Raiders football team with that outstanding front uh, uh, of ours.
2: This could have been the Devonte Aaron Rodgers game. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers yeah. isn't there. We better yeah. take advantage of Aaron Rodgers not being there. So, the rest of the schedule, as we look at it again, where is the gauntlet part of the schedule? I am one. I lead to believe that the first four games is a gauntlet. Yeah, you got the Chargers. You got Pittsburgh, Denver, Buffalo on the road to start off the season. That is no cakewalk. But then when you get to week. Nine, ten. Giants and Jets are in the building back to back, at Miami. Then Kansas City at home. Yeah, I don't know anybody who likes a Week thirteen bye week. You would yes. like that around 9-10. It's, it's kind of late there?
4: Yeah. One thing, a couple things that stick out to me. All AFC opponents those first four weeks. Yep. I mean, you're right, JT. Right. All AFC opponents. That's when you really for us. That's going to be the fight for a playoff spot. Right. Right. Yep. And then you think about. When you talk about a schedule, you have to say to yourself, "What quarterbacks am I playing?" Yeah, right. Love that. Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Mahomes twice, the mm-hmm. Chargers twice. You know, Denver's going to be better. Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. This is a a, a, a schedule loaded with terrific quarterbacks. So we got to be on our game. Our defense is going to have to find a way to do something really well, right? Yeah. Either turn the ball over, stop the run, be great on third down, be great in the red zone. We have to do something really well. But
2: how about embrace the shootout? Some of these games, last year five second-half leads, mm-hmm. losing those games. How about this year exploding and trying to put teams away, yeah. Q? Yeah. Go up by 14. Like, Don't lose the lead. Expand on the lead. That's how I think the Raiders are going to have to win a lot of these games. I don't think they're going to be – 10, 7 games, 14, 13 games. I think they got
3: to put up points. Well, what they had to do and what they saw, what we saw last year is that they have to learn how to play with a lead. Yes. Right? I mean, it's it's a certain thing. You either, you know, how how do you slow it down? How do you speed it up? Keep the foot on the gas, like you mentioned multiple times. Just, you know, and and I think with the weapons that they have on offense, especially now, and a a guy like Mayer, I think he's a guy that not only will help in the red zone, not only help blocking, but also extend drives, right? Get an extra first down, get us two extra first downs. Uh All of a sudden, now the defense is off the field. A little bit longer get a little bit more time to relax and so when you have that that drive that you must stop the team that max is able to come in fresh tyree's able to come in fresh chandler's able to come in fresh, come in fresh and close the door
2: they got to be ready to play yeah so they, last year they Probably went fine. they were undefeated in the preseason. schedule got away from them earlier with some that arizona loss was brutal with yeah. Kyler murray this year i don't know who's gonna play i don't care who plays but whatever happens they're going to be playing in the mile high week one yep. against a team that they've dominated yep. with a new head coach and a quarterback that's going to want to prove he's back that's a monster game
4: a consistent high iq in the back end yep. if we can have that so in those mm. situations when we need to prevent them from getting 10 yards we're not playing a guy at five yards we're rallying to the ball we're forcing the ball to be thrown where we want it to and we're rallying and we're tackling jt uh, how many times last year me and you like tackle tackle <laughs> tackle yeah no yards after the catch so those important details of football are going to be extremely important for this football team that's not young but it's a a, a, a young group all together
2: Two final thoughts today. Content day. You did a hell of a job. This is the first (laughs) one right here at the Intermountain. Excellent work.
3: This is a lot of fun. It really is being here, being with you guys and being able to see, you know, how everything's kind of put together, right, and and see these players get out there and and take their pictures and know that, okay, uh, we got mandatory minicamp this week and then, boom, it's it's, it's time for a little bit of a break and then Mm -hmm. training camp and it's it's on. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. It really has. And and being able to interact and talk with Dave Ziegler and Max Crosby and Brian Hoyer and others, uh, I think that's been a nice Nice treat for the fans as well.
2: EA, what was your favorite We had moments? Max, guys. Yeah.
4: What could be better? Yeah, Dude, we he was the, one of the best defensive players in the National Football League. He, hey, just don't Coast crop State. us out of the picture. <laughs> I don't, don't want to see yeah, that exactly. picture with all of us. And, then you
2: are, uh, just you and
4: him. I, I am sitting here with Max, man, right here. <laughs> Max is right here.
2: Unbelievable. And Q's also our program director on Raider Nation Radio, so we got a busy day in front of us, too.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's what we do, though, right? Yep. I mean, this is what we love to do, and we're going to continue to do it. Two hardest working man in the business. That's, that's what we got to do. Too. By the
2: way, I've had this ball the whole time. Oh, uh, no, you,
3: yes. you have. Right. Signed
2: by Great everybody. Great job. <laughs> hey, I want to thank the crew here. Uh, yes. You got fantastic. Thank yep. you. Will Kiss, who brought us everybody, the entire Silver and Black production staff upstairs. I mean, when you get an opportunity to uh, be in a building like this on a day like this, we want to thank everybody who watched on YouTube. We'll continue. Subscribe to the channel. Share it with everybody. Follow us on Raider Nation Radio. When you get that mobile app, you can click on and get everything. So you get the replay of the round table. You get it live. You get all of our radio shows, all of our content, all of the podcasts that are there. So we're really happy to be here and hopefully we'll be coming back again for training camp and have the access that we have here. For everybody at Silver and Black Productions, I'm JT. Thanks for being here with us. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope the Raiders have a healthy off season and we'll see you next time on Raiders Roundtable.